Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you for the next three-plus hours here, filling in for John Johnson on this Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. And right there, as you heard, the voice of Dave Uram, KYW News Radio, joins us every 4 a.m. on Wednesday morning. And uh, that prediction last week got Dave into a little bit of a pickle here. Or is there, I, I don't know, I, I was trying to think of an egg analogy off the top of my head. Couldn't really do it. But uh, at 4 a.m. today, we made the bet last week. Dave picked the Giants. I picked the Eagles. Um, loser gets an egg, cr- egg cracked over their head at 4 a.m. this week, and we will do that uh, this morning. Uh, Buzz Wilson producing. Buzz, I got. I brought in a whole dozen. I just want to make sure. I don't just want to bring one or two. You know, who knows what can happen? Some could break. So I brought in a whole dozen. We're we fully got prepared. Of backup eggs. Yeah. Yes, we're fully prepared this morning. Uh, to break an egg over Dave's head. So we'll do that later on in the show. Very excited for that at 4 a.m. So make sure you're tuned in. As the Eagles took care of business, they did obviously didn't only beat the New York Giants. They destroyed the New York Giants. I mean, that was a, a, a demolition. Like you will very rarely see in a playoff game last Saturday night as the Eagles now advance. And now we get ready for the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers. We'll talk about that game a little later on as well on Sunday afternoon and just the hilarity that ensued uh, regarding the Dallas Cowboys. It really just threw that game away. But now it's the 49ers Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock in the NFC Championship game. And as we prepare to get into it and look ahead to this game, I'll just say it flat out right now. The Eagles are beating the 49ers on Sunday. Like, the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. They're going to Super Bowl 57. And there's absolutely no doubt in my mind about that. And if you want to get in start the show here, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494 is how you get in. Do you feel the same way? Are you supremely confident in the Eagles winning this game? Because I am. I just don't see any way. When you look at these two teams, you look at the way the Eagles are playing, you look at what the Eagles just did this past weekend, I don't see any scenario in which this does not end with the Eagles winning. And I'll tell you why. I mean, first off, from start to finish this year, this team has clearly been the best team in the NFC. I mean, let's face it. The Eagles have been the best team in the NFC from start to finish. You can look at the end of the season – You know, you can harp on a couple lackluster games, a couple lackluster performances at the end of the year, but we know there were extenuating circumstances. I mean, you lose the game in Dallas with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Defense doesn't play great, but obviously, you know, you turn the ball over four times. You're typically not going to win one of those games. Eagles still only lose that game by six points. Following week, bad performance. Gardner Minshew at quarterback once again. You're playing the New Orleans Saints, um, and the quarterback was terrible. It's hard to win when your backup quarterback is in there and he plays the way that Gardner Minshew played 
on that day against the Saints. The bottom line is, when Jalen Hurts is on the field, this team is 14-1. And the majority of those wins this year were dominant. I mean, you can count on, on probably one hand the number of games that were close. And some of those, I mean, you know, a team, it's hard to come in with that intensity. It's hard to blow teams out week to week. But from start to finish, this team's been the best team in the NFC, and the record speaks for themselves. When Jalen Hurts is a quarterback, this team has won 14 games, and they've lost once. You look at if there was any concern about this team's mindset or this team's preparation or coaching, those were answered last week against the Giants. Uh, Last week in resounding fashion. I know the Giants are kind of frauds, and we kind of knew that coming in. We knew that team wasn't ultra-talented. We knew that there was obviously a talent mismatch in a lot of areas where the Eagles should have won that game. But you never know how it's going to go. You never know how players are going to respond in that spot. There are guys on this roster who haven't played in big playoff games before. The coaching staff hasn't coached in big games like that before. But you just typically don't see beatings like that in the playoffs, regardless of the seeding, regardless of, 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 you know, what team you're going against. You don't see a dominant effort like that. 28 nothing at half in a playoff game just typically doesn't happen. The Eagles destroyed that team. And most importantly, when you look forward and you look at this game here, this is a tremendous matchup for the Eagles. It just is. And I'm not saying the Niners aren't a good team. They are a good team. The 49ers have been one of the better teams in the NFC this year. They got off to a slow start. You know, Trey Lance wasn't very good. Then he gets injured. You bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. They go into Brock Purdy. And the fact that this team is winning with Brock Purdy tells you they're a good football team. And they have a good supporting cast. They're well coached. Kyle Shanahan, one of the best offensive coaches in football. D'Amico Ryans, I think clearly, probably up there with the Eagles two coordinators, should be one of the top candidates for a head coaching job this offseason. They are a well-coached, good football team. But they are just not on the Eagles' level, especially offensively. They're just not. The only reason they won that game last week is because Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy did what they do every year in the playoffs. And the Cowboys did what they do every single year in the playoffs. They choked. I mean, let's face it. That game was there for the Cowboys to win. They gave it away. You see how rattled Brock Purdy looked in a game at home against that defense. A game in San Francisco, against the Cowboys' defense that is nowhere near as good as this Eagles' defense is. There is no chance in hell, and this is the, the just the most important fact of why I just see no way that the Eagles lose this game this week. There is no chance in hell that Brock Purdy comes in here against this defense and wins that game at the link. I just don't see any way in which it happens. Absolutely none. And you know, like, I'm not false bravado guy. Like, it it may be looked at as negative sometimes. But good or bad, I'll give you my honest opinion. And my honest opinion is the Eagles are going to win this game. I think the Eagles are going to win this game easily. Any worries, any concerns that I had about the team are gone after Saturday night. And I understand fully the 49ers are better than the Giants are. But I don't see any way the Eagles lose this game. My sense as we go into this weekend is that Sunday's going to be a party. And I'll just make my prediction right now. I think this is going to be 34-13 to 13 Eagles. I think this is going to be one-sided. Is it going to be as one-sided as Saturday night? Probably not, uh, you know, that definitive. But it's going to be definitive. The Eagles are going to win this game. The Eagles are going to win this game easily. The fact that the line is 2.5 right now, 
I personally think is absolutely insane when you look at the quarterback matchup. And I'm extremely confident. I am extremely confident in the Eagles winning this football game. And I want to know how you feel. How confident are you in the Eagles beating the Niners? How confident are you in the Eagles going to the Super Bowl? I have no nerves whatsoever. And that's a very odd feeling to have going into a game of this sort of magnitude. But I think the Eagles win. I think the Eagles win easily. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Before we go to the phones, we'll go to Dan Wilson here, producing tonight. Dan, am I crazy? Am I over the top? Am I overreacting to Saturday night? Or do you feel the same way? I just don't see any way that the Eagles lose this game on Sunday. I mean, wow is my reaction to your little opening monologue there. Wow. 34 to 13. 34 to 13. 30, like, I don't zero, think it's close. Zero doubt in your mind. Not close at all. I, I don't think this game is close. I, I'm not where you are. Let me just say that. I'm not where you are. I think the Eagles win this game, but I am not anywhere close to the confidence level that you are at. Let me just say just overall in the NFL landscape as a whole, like two amazing games this weekend. You can't always say this. I think we have the four best. The Bills, you know, we're obviously in there. But we have, if not the four best teams, like four of the best five, in my opinion, remaining in this conference championship Sunday. Certainly the best two in the NFC, two of the best three in the AFC. Like, I don't think there are any flukes to get to this point. We're getting some of the best play you're going to see, and you're going to see the best of the best uh, on conference championship Sunday. Now, in the NFC, all season long, we have looked at this Eagles team, and at least in my opinion, like, the biggest opponent was themselves. They lost three games all year, one to Washington where they beat themselves, and two where Gardner Minshew was the starter, and he wasn't even the reason they lost against Dallas. The Eagles turned the ball over four times, not really his fault, and they still had a chance to win at the end because, as you mentioned, Dallas Cowboys are frauds. And then he played pretty bad against the Saints, and they lost it's that game for that reason. But all in all, like, there's not been a single team in the NFC all season where you're like, the Eagles aren't going to pretty handedly beat them if they play anywhere close to their potential. The one team I've always felt like the other team that's out there that, again, I'm not saying will beat the Eagles, especially at home in a playoff setting with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. Well, I'm but glad who, you're not saying that because they won't. I, but who could give them a game is the 49ers. Like, I think they've always been that team out there, certainly in the second half of the year. And I think we're going to actually see that on Sunday. I think that this is a team where the Eagles will at least run into – like the def- the Giants, it's hard for me to base what we saw on Sunday or on Saturday against the Giants and translate it to this game because of just how head and shoulders the Eagles are above the Giants. Like that was varsity JV. I do not believe this game will be varsity JV. I do not believe this is a game where the Eagles will just have their way like they have had for much of this season. They're going to actually have to work on offense. This is a defense that's going to make them work. This is a system that has made Brock Purdy excel. And I know he looked a little rattled, as you mentioned, at home against the Dallas defense, but all in all has been very, very impressive to this point. I'm predicting the Eagles win. There is a doubt in my mind that it will at least be a game. I'm not at 34-13. to I haven't landed on a score as of yet. But, no, I am nowhere near the confidence level that you're at. Yeah, and if you want to get in here, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494. Are you as confident as I am? Because, I, I you know, I'm, I'm just so confident in what this team did. And, and I was saying all last week that people were overreacting to the end of the season. And I didn't think I was, but I was. Like, the fact that I only predicted the Eagles to win that game by a touchdown last week. That was me, you know, overreacting to what we saw at the end of the season. That stuff doesn't matter. That stuff's irrelevant. That's not what this team is. This team is what they did on Saturday night. 
This is such a well-oiled machine. And I know the 49ers are good. I'm not discounting them. This is not about the 49ers. It's a little bit about Brock Purdy coming into such a hostile environment. I don't think he's going to hold up very well in that kind of environment. But this is more about what the Philadelphia Eagles are. And when this team is focused, let's face it, they got a little bored at the end of the year. They didn't have their quarterback in there. They got a little bored with what was going on. That performance in the Chicago game, the performance against the Giants final week of the season, we all know what that was. They, they were, you know, kind of preserving their stuff for the postseason. But when this team is focused and this team is motivated and this team is ready, and there's no doubt when you get to this point in the season, we saw it Saturday night, they're focused, they're motivated, they're prepared, they're ready. That's going to be the case on Sunday. And as good as the Niners are, as talented as they are, as good as that defense is, they're not going to come in here and win this football game. Jalen Hurts is not going to throw, you know, two to it could have been five interceptions Dak Prescott threw. Jalen Hurts is not going to do that. You know, the Eagles are not going to give Dallas or San Francisco extra chances to get in the game. It's just not going to happen. They're going to find a way to get this thing done. They're going to ra- ra- rattle Brock Purdy early. They're going to be able to move the football really however they want to. San Francisco, yeah, the defense is better, but I don't feel like they can stop this offense. I think this is such a well-oiled machine, and this team is so good, and this team is so well-prepared. They're going to win this game, and they're going to win it easily. I believe the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. What's your take? 215-592-949. Really quick, just when you look at these two teams, like – Here's an instance where, for much of the season, you look at the coaching staffs, and we feel very good about Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen, who very likely could be on the move after this season for head coaching jobs. Like, on the other side, you mentioned D'Amico Ryans, you mentioned Kyle Shanahan. Like, are you confident the Eagles have the coaching advantage in this game? Because from a national perspective, if I was looking at this neutrally, I'd probably say it's in the 49ers' favor. Yes, I am, because, I mean, one of my biggest concerns last week was that the Giants had the coaching advantage, and that wasn't true. Like, part of what we saw on Saturday night was talent. But another part of it was the Eagles coached the pants off the Giants. I mean, Sirianni was one step ahead of Dayball the whole time. Shane Steichen was one step ahead of Martindale the whole time. Same thing with Gannon and Mike Kafka. Like, you look at those that coaching staff, Brian Dayball might win coach of the year. Mike Kafka's probably going to be a head coach this offseason. These are not bad coaches on that side of the ball, and the Eagles destroyed them on Saturday night. But you are dealing with a coach in Shanahan who has been to a Super Bowl before. Like, this isn't, like, his first go-around the same way it is with Dable. And I don't think the talent disparity is nearly as drastic as it was when it came to Eagles-Giants. I guess I'm viewing it and saying there are advantages, I believe, that the 49ers have. I believe they have a better defense. I believe they are probably better coached like or more coaching experience at least and even with those advantages I still believe the Eagles are that much better that's how good I think this team is and that's how much confidence I have after that game and part of it is that the Giants aren't aren't very good like I understand that and I understand we overrated them we overvalued them going into that game last week but I fully believe in the Eagles I fully believe they're going to get the job done they're going to come out they're going to be ready because Nick Sirianni's going to have them ready to go he always has them ready to go you know, the veteran leaders on this team, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, they're going to have them ready to go. Jalen Hurts is going to have this team ready to go. Jalen Hurts, in his third year, already looked at as a leader in that locker room. I fully believe in this team going into this week. And, you know, to have this kind of confidence going into a championship game is is rare. I mean, I I, I 
can't remember a time when I had this much confidence. I was very confident in 2008 going into that game, but obviously, you know, that was a different situation. It wasn't like the Eagles were light years better than the Arizona Cardinals that year. They beat them by four touchdowns a few weeks earlier, which probably gave me a little uh, too much confidence. But yes, I believe the Eagles are that much better. And I believe the Eagles are going to win this game, and I think they're going to win this game rather easily on Sunday. Uh, I want to get your take on it. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. How do you feel going into this game Sunday? Uh, do you believe the Eagles are going to win, and what's your confidence level at right now? Mine honestly couldn't be higher. 215-592-9494. Let's go to uh, Harrison, Maryland to start us off. What's up, Harris? How are you doing, man? Good. How are you doing? I'm 510. Okay. Uh, um, honestly, I'm like, I'm on the same page as you. I'm pretty confident in this team right here beating the Forty Nineers. And you know, you know what really bothered me? What's that? All right. For all here, it's been we are we've been the number one team from the season started, right? Yeah, you can you can say that pretty much, yeah. And it's crazy because when you listen to Fox Sports or Sports Center, and nobody talking about the Philadelphia Eagles like we're the number one team. All I hear they're singing about the San Francisco 49ers. Well, and Harris, I, I honestly, I'll be honest with you, I think that's maybe you hearing maybe what you want to hear there. I, I, I feel like I hear plenty of people talking about the Eagles right now. Well, we Eagles fans, we talk about it, but if for some reason, these days, when you listen, they, they put the far, but they Talking about they talk about the Eagles, but the way they're talking about the 49ers, like they've been number one team all year. I'm confident in the Eagles. 49ers roster is pretty good. 49ers offense is okay, but I don't think 49ers offense got the most players. They got one running back, they got a tight end, and they got a one receiver. You do the math. Yeah. I no. think, Go ahead. I think I think we honestly, I think we got more. Offensive play than the 49ers. So, if we come and play the game we're supposed to play, it should be a easy one. Yeah, and and I appreciate it, Harris, and I, and I agree. And and that's the thing. Like this is less about the 49ers and more about the Eagles. I respect them. I think they are a good team, but I think the Eagles are are just so much better. Like they're so the Eagles are light years ahead to me of everybody in the NFC. And let's think about how the, the different kind of ways this game could transpire. Like, to win this game, I think we're kind of in agreement. Niners need to keep the score down. Like, they need to keep the score down. They need this to be like a 20-17-ish to 17-ish game. Would you agree with that, Dan? Some, something like yes, that? Yes, I would agree that less points favors the 49ers because they have the worst quarterback and the better defense. I don't believe they can hold the Eagles' offense down to that degree. I, I think maybe they can hold them down for a while, but eventually, like, the mix of this offense— the the mix of running the ball, the mix of throwing the ball, the weapons that the Eagles have, I just don't think they can stay down. And if this score gets up, if this score gets, you know, above 24, they're not scoring with the Eagles. There's just no chance that's going to happen. There's absolutely no chance. And if the Eagles get up early, this game is going to get is going to get out of control. Like if the Eagles go up immediately, how do you think Brock Purdy's going to react in that situation? Well, I agree with you that they probably need to contain the Eagles. Early, I just I do wonder if this is like the one, if there's going to be any defense in the league, perhaps that could contain Jalen Hurts and this Eagles offense. It's going to be them. Like if there's any team who could do it, it's the team who's coming in Sunday at the link. 
if they can't do it, like we should feel pretty good about the Eagles scoring points in a Super Bowl situation because this is almost the hardest test they're going to get that they could get all year. So I, I don't know. I guess I just have a hard time believing that there's not a single defense in the NFL that could at least slow the Eagles offense down just a little bit enough to keep it competitive. I hear you. I just don't think there is. Like, I really don't think there is. And with what the Eagles did Saturday night, um, you know, maybe I'm overreacting. And if you think I are, I am to Saturday night's performance, please let me know. But I just am that confident in this team. I think they're going to they're gonna c- continue to roll. And even though the Niners are good and they're well coached, I, I think the Eagles roll in this game as well. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Adam in Center City. What's up, Adam? Hey, just have a fun exercise for if you're up to it. Can you put yourself in the shoes of a broadcaster in San Francisco? And I just want to hear a two-minute analysis as to why San Francisco is going to win this game. Because there's a lot of people in San Francisco that probably feel confident I just want to hear what uh, what they're saying out there. Well, and, Adam, uh, I mean, I, I can't tell you. I haven't really listened to a lot of San Francisco analysis of this. I'm sure they are. I mean, they watch that team more closely. But all I can tell you is is I've watched the Eagles play every game this year. And I know how good this team is. And I've watched the Niners play. And the Niners are a good team, certainly. But I just, I just think the Eagles are better. I think the Eagles are better. And I think they're going to show that on Sunday. Right. No, I don't think there's going to be a problem either. I, you know, watch the Eagles as well. I'm a huge Eagles fan, and, and I feel that they're, uh, you know, this year, this is their year. I feel they're, you know, obviously more confident than I did in 2017. Um, so it's rare to kind of have this feeling. Um, I'm actually uh, quite excited about Philadelphia sports in general. The fact that the Phillies just went to the World Series and we're going to the Super Bowl. How often has that happened in the past? Have you ever looked that up? No, you know, Adam, I mean, I can't remember a time that it's out. I mean, 2008 was a pretty successful year. I mean, that year, obviously, the Phillies won the World Series. The Eagles went to the NFC Championship game. So this, right. it, it, say the Eagles were to lose on Sunday, um, which I don't believe is going to happen. This would equal that. But, yeah, last time they went to the World Series and went to the Super Bowl in the same year, I guess it would be 1980. That's right. Yeah, yeah. rare air. We're, we're in the pretty uh, – that's when I was born, by the way, so that was a good year as well. So. Well, they, they, anyway, uh, listen, it's going to be fun watching them on Sunday. Thanks for the talk. No no problem, Adam, and I appreciate the call. And, yeah, I mean, how about that, man? could be the first time since 1980 that the Phillies, uh, win, the Phillies win the World Series that year, the Eagles appear in the Super Bowl. We could have two championships in one year because, you know, and this is just re- real quick here, just a side gripe that I have. This is the 2022 season. This is not like it bothers me when people will say the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2018. Yes, I understand the Super Bowl happened in the year of 2018, 2017 Super Bowl, 2017 season. NFL, the NFL is probably the most confusing league with this because baseball, obviously, the entire season takes place in one calendar year. Baseball's easy. The the NBA, like the second half of the season takes place like the, in this case 2023 so no one's disputing this the 2023 NBA right I, I count i count nhl and, and nba is like the, the 2023 half. stanley right. cup finals the only one where it's debatable the reason why you almost need super bowl numbers like the eagles won super bowl 52 is because if you say the 2018 super bowl like even if you google it sometimes it'll pop up the eagles sometimes it'll pop up the patriots beating the rams right like it's kind of up for discussion because the playoffs are the only thing that take place in that year but I agree with you. That's not, that was the 2017 season. When people say the Eagles went to the Super Bowl with Donovan, it was the 2004 Super Bowl. Correct. Like, this is the 2022 Super Bowl. Correct. So this would, just, just to clarify, get this out of the way now, this would count as a 2022 championship and would count 
as the Eagles and Phillies winning it in the same year, just so we're uh, clear on that. So the sports of- calendar year ends the day after the Super Bowl. Exactly. Gotcha. Uh, th- that, that's exactly right. That's a better way of putting Understood. it. Understood. Day after the Super Bowl, that's when we flip the calendar. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Uh, get back to the phones when we return. And also, um, people in this city owe somebody an apology. I mean, and it's pretty clear at this point. We'll get to that when we return. Uh, I'm Tom Kelly. In on a Tuesday night and a Wednesday morning. Uh, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Want your confidence level leading into this Sunday uh, against the 49ers. I don't see the any way the Eagles lose this game. I, I really don't. I think when you look at the matchups, you look at Brock Purdy coming to Philadelphia in this kind of environment, this guy looked skittish last week. In San Francisco against the Cowboy defense, it's not as good as the Eagles defense. Like, the Eagles are going to win this football game. And, you know, I think any concerns that we had, any fears that we had following those final couple games of the season should completely be washed away after what we saw on Saturday night. And if you want to get in, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494. Do you think there's any way the Eagles lose this game? I don't. I don't think it's going to be competitive. I think the Eagles win, and I think the Eagles win rather easily. I'm going 34-13. And, you know, last week, I thought it was going to be tighter. I thought the Eagles would win, but I thought it was going to be somewhat competitive. I just don't see it. And I understand the Niners are a good team. They're very talented. They're very well coached. But that's how good I think the Eagles are. This is not about the 49ers. This is about the Eagles. And when the Eagles are prepared and the Eagles are focused and they're clicking on all cylinders, as I believe they will be on Sunday, I don't think anybody in the NFC can beat them, especially with that quarterback. 215-592-9494 if you want to join the show here. And, you know, just to, to quickly, you know, look back at last week here. That was so satisfying to see the Eagles come out like that. I mean, that's the kind of beating that you just don't see in a playoff game, regardless of who the opponent is, when you're up 28-0 at halftime, when it's so, you know, just just uncompetitive. I thought that Brian Dable really panicked early in that game. Going for that fourth and eight down 7-0, I thought was just, uh, that was when I, I kind of felt like the game was over. It's like, if they're going for this this early, they're panicking. They know that they can't stop the Eagles' offense. And I think that was a, a, a move that sent a bad message to that team, and, you know, it really, what stuck out more than anything was just how much it stuck out, the sheer amount of talent that the Eagles have on this team, that there's so much more talent than the Giants everywhere on the field. I mean, offensive line, defensive line, these weapons with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, this secondary. I mean, the Eagles have had some incredible secondaries over the years. Bobby Taylor, Troy Vincent, Brian Dawkins. This might be the best secondary they've ever had. Three potential All-Pro players: Darius Slay, James Bradbury, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. It's really incredible. And I'm walking out on Saturday night. Was here for the game. Uh, you know, uh, do, doing doing my duties during the game here. And uh, I'm walking out with Elliot Shore Parks and James Seltzer. And we were talking about you know how many players from the Giants would start on the Seagull team. What do you think, Dan? I mean, what two, maybe three? I mean, only Saquon. Like, I don't know. How many players from the Giants even start on this You're team? not taking any of their offensive linemen. No. You're not. None of their skill. I mean, are you allowed? Like, 
how many starting receivers? Three? Like, are you, can you take like Darius Slayton and make him like your third receiver? Like, does that count? I don't know. You're uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, you're not picking Saquon would start on the defense. Like, probably not really. It, it's not a lot. Maybe point. maybe Dexter Lawrence over Fletcher Cox at this point or in his K- career or Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, I yeah. There's certain as certain guys you would get in there, but you could probably count them on one hand. Right. To your point. Exactly. And it's just crazy the disparity in talent. And this is something that even the Giants' general manager, Joe Shane, talked about at his season-ending press conference this week. Here's Joe Shane talking about the talent gap uh, that needs to be closed between the Giants and the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I know Philly more intimately. And, yeah, I would say yes. Yeah, there's a talent gap there that we need to we need to close. And that's – to me, it's the NFC East. I mean, we're 1-5-1. and one against the NFC East, and if, if you win the division, the rest takes care of itself. So that's always going to be a goal of ours, um, you know, to close that gap and, you know, be NFC East champs. So that's, that's the goal, and that's what we're going to work toward. It was sizable, and, you know, I've called for this before, but it, it's so evident now. You know, people that were haters, are you ready to issue Howie Roseman, Roseman an apology? And if you want to get into 215-592-9494, are you ready to admit that you were wrong about Howie Roseman? Because I look at this guy. And I don't think it's hyperbole to say he might be the best general manager in all of sports right now. Like, with what he's done the last two years, it's really incredible. I mean, I'll put him up against anybody with what he has done. And for the insults and the crap that this guy has taken, considering how he's built this team, is absolutely insane. I mean, how many times have we heard complaining about the Jalen Rager pick? Bad pick, no doubt about it. But you look at the rest of that draft, you got an MVP-level quarterback in the second round. A franchise-altering decision. Three of your five starting offensive linemen on the best offensive line in football, Jordan Mulata, Landon Dickerson, Isaac Samalu, tremendous players. None of them first-round picks drafted by this organization. These are guys that you found. These are guys that slipped in the draft beyond where they should have gone. And you were able to get them, and they've played critical roles. I mean, Landon Dickerson, to get him in the second round, Landon Dickerson is one of the best guards in all football right now. Fixing the cap situation and the draft pick situation faster than anyone thought was possible. And since then, essentially pitching a perfect game. Signing Assam Reddick, trading for C.J. Gardner-Johnson, James Bradbury, getting A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. It's really incredible. And he gets some credit. But, like, we should be celebrating Howie Roseman essentially, like, once an hour on this station. Considering, I mean, seriously, considering all the criticism that he got, for the Jalen Rager pick that we had to hear about, for, and I get Justin Jefferson's very good. How many playoff games, you know, have the Vikings won with Justin Jefferson? And I get that receivers don't necessarily win playoff games, but it's about building an entire team. And you look at the way this guy has built the team, it's truly incredible. And to me, it all comes down to a mindset. And it's the mindset that Howie Roseman has that makes him successful and makes this organization successful. Here is how in the offseason talking about what you need to do to really ascend to this top level in the NFL. It's really hard to win a Super Bowl, right? You see all of these great players who maybe have won Super Bowl when you look at those guys and you go, man, how do those guys only have one Super Bowl when these are great, great players? Well, it's hard. It's hard to be that last team stand. You need so many things to go right. And so if you just do things that are down the middle, the way the league kind of sets this up, yeah, you may win 10 games. You, you may make the playoffs. But it's hard to be world champions. It's hard for the confetti to fall on your head when you do things like that. So you have to be willing to at least be out of the box, put yourself out there. And um, if you do that, yeah, there's some risk involved in that. But there's also tremendous upside.
And that's huge. And that, that to me, that comment goes back to the Carson Wentz situation where the Eagles were willing to eat that salary. They were willing to take that kind of cap hit for one year to trade Carson Wentz and get out of that contract. You know, it was risky at the time. But obviously, if it works out, it has tremendous reward. Here's more from Howie on, you know, this organization not being pleased with what they accomplished last season. For us, what we're doing right now is we're evaluating our team and we're continuing to figure out ways to build. You know, we're not happy about the fact that, you know, our season ended um, in the playoffs. We want to build a team that has home playoff games, gets to play in front of our fan base, um, you know, really build a team that gets a bye. So um, those opportunities, those assets that you talk about allow us to continue to build, um, really helps us add good players to this team. Uh, our job is to look at, at everything, to evaluate every position, every player. We do that not only for right now in this moment, but we also do it so we have information when players become available at any position. And, you know, I want to know. I mean, do you are, are you ready, if you were a Howie hater, to admit you were wrong? And I don't know. I'll ask you this first, Dan. Is it crazy to say that Howie has been the best general manager in sports over the last two calendar years? Is that a crazy statement? I was thinking about this, and I'm trying to think of, like, who the other competition is. Like, I'd have to really start thinking about that. But he's certainly in the conversation. Like, it's not insane, which is – Insane. It's insane to think about how not insane the statement is. Well, well I, Roseman I, is like almost definitely in the top three to five. Right. I'd say this. I'd say maybe his biggest competition is John Lynch coming in here next week. And even that, even with that, they screwed up the quarterback draft pick, you know, with, with the Trey Lance situation. Like John Lynch has done a hell of a job building that team, but think where they'd be if they didn't, you know, invest what they invested in Trey Lance. Yeah, absolutely. So, there is some competition. There are obviously some really successful organizations in sports. I'd have to, again, how much it's certain aspects of it, like, you know, drafting Patrick Mahomes is like a pretty big thing that's paid off pretty well. So, look, there's we could sit here and debate it. He's amongst the best general managers in sports. And what really, I'll take it a step further than that, is like, maybe there's already no doubt in your mind, but if they win another Super Bowl here, even if they get to another Super Bowl here on Sunday, and you look around and you say, okay, this regime, like Laurie and like Laurie and Roseman, but really Laurie making the decisions, wins one Super Bowl. Doug Peterson basically shown the door because he wants more power, and they're like, no, like the front office makes decisions around here, and then they immediately go back to the Super Bowl within just a couple of years after that horrendous season, twenty twenty, digging themselves out of a hole that was the whole Carson Wentz situation. A, that's all the affirmation they need that, like, they were correct. And B, like, there's no competition for him being the be best general manager in the history of Philadelphia sports, is there? No, I mean, I don't. I already think he's the best general manager in the, in the history, history of Philadelphia of sports. Like, I, I don't think there's any doubt. Like, to, to, to take over the Chip Kelly mess, and, and we forget just how big a mess that was. I mean, yeah, Chip was here when some quality players were brought in. Um, I would say Chip didn't bring in the majority of them. You look at Chip's offseason, the one of 2015, that was a disaster when he traded for Sammy Sleeves and Kiko Alonso and DeMarco Murray and Byron Maxwell. Like, they were a bunch of bad signings. But, you know, like Lane Johnson, that draft pick in 2013, and Malcolm Jenkins, that was when Howie was still in charge. So Howie basically built the 2017 team. Were there mistakes made in 18, 19, 20? Yeah. I mean, I'll never say, you know, there weren't mistakes made. But, I mean, look how quickly how he has cleaned this up. And, and this roster 
it's insane how good this roster is. Like, it's just incredible. And you look at that game Saturday night, even the Giants general manager saying, yeah, there's a massive gap in talent that we need to close. And that's why even with how good this 49ers team is, I still think the gap in talent is significant. Nobody has a roster as loaded as the Eagles do. And that's why I think they're going to they're gonna win this game easily. But I want to know, is Howie Roseman the best general manager in sports over the last two years? Because I don't think there's any doubt, considering the situation that this team was in, partially because of, of some of the moves Howie made. But, I mean, for all the crap we gave him, and specifically for the 2020 draft and the Rager pick, 2020 draft ended up being pretty damn good. I mean, you ended up getting an MVP-level quarterback in the second round. I would say that drastically outweighs missing on Jalen Rager in the first. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 if you want to join the show. Is Howie Roseman the best GM in sports over the last two years? Uh, I think he is. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Rob in Delaware. What's up, Rob? Uh, Yeah, I was just sitting here listening and thinking – why are you so happy that you beat the Giants? What do you mean, why am I happy? The Eagles are in the championship game. Okay, but do the Giants have Bosa? No, no, the Giants don't have Do the Bosa. Giants have Kyle Shanahan? Do the Giants have Debo? Do the Giants have Christian McCaffrey? No, the Giants don't have any of those guys. Okay, the 49ers do. So for you to think, like, oh, it's going to be 34 to whatever – it's absolutely just crazy. Like, you're talking crazy. Rob, did you think – I mean, were you impressed with that 49ers performance on Sunday against the Cowboys? I, you thought that was a good performance? I think that the – I think the Cowboys are going to be a tougher challenge than the Eagles will be. Okay, Definitely. Man. Come on. I mean, you're out, you're, you're out of your mind if you really believe that. I can guarantee you Jalen Hurts is not going to make look, the mistakes that Dak Prescott made. Look at all the talent the Cowboys have. Didn't the Cowboys just beat the Eagles not last time they played? Yeah, with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, Rob. Okay, Jalen Hurts isn't going to be able to do anything with the 49ers. Rob, they gave up that Cowboys defense that the Niners couldn't do anything against offensively. Gardner Minshew scored 34 points against that defense. Brock Purdy, what what, did they score, 19 on Sunday? Yeah, it's fine. It's the playoffs, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see, Rob, but, um, you know, good, good luck this week. Uh, unfortunately for you, though, I think you're going to be disappointed. I think that you're – I think – I just want to hear all the excuses that all you guys say on Monday. You're going to be very unhappy. All right, I, I hear you, Rob, and I appreciate the call. I don't know, Dan. Rob didn't sound he, – he sounded like his confidence really waned as that phone call went on. Um, you know, I don't – I mean, I, I came out of Sunday very unimpressed by the 49ers. Very unimpressed. Well, yeah, they beat – it's easy to say. They beat the Cowboys by a touchdown. And it's easy to understand where this confidence is coming from. One team played great on Saturday night, the Eagles did. And one mm-hmm. team got by the Cowboys, who we all kind of agreed were frauds, but they didn't look special and they were at home. And so it's like, okay, yeah, we could take them. Brock Purdy's going to come into the link and win. Like, no way. So you understand where the confidence is coming from. I'm taking it. As a whole, not trying to read too much into what we saw from either game, frankly. I expected the Eagles to win handedly. You expected the Eagles to win handedly. The Giants were no match for the Eagles. They used them for practice. The Eagles needed to eliminate doubts 
from themselves and their own fan base more so than like actually beat the New York Giants on Saturday night, in my opinion. The 49ers barely beating the Cowboys by, or I'm saying by a touchdown, like leaving the Cowboys in the game time after time and them not winning, I agree is like not overly encouraging, but the 49ers as a whole, I still think are the, like they didn't play like the second best team in the NFC. I still believe that they are. Fair put it that way. Fair enough. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. I see our buddy John Nalentown's there. John will get you right when we get back. And then I have to unload my social media notebook. And boy, boy it is, it's full this week. I got a lot of stuff How many things in the notebook this week? We got four or five things. Four? This is one load. Have we ever had a notebook this thick? I'm not sure, but I need to end. My backpack's getting heavy. We will unload the notebook. Can't wait to see it. Uh, when we get back. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Tuesday night and a Wednesday morning. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Um, in a minute. I will empty my uh, social media notebook here, but obviously talking a lot about Eagles 49ers this week. And I want to know, um, you know, are you as confident as I am? I think the Eagles roll. I think the Eagles roll in this game. I have very little concern. Um, I think the Eagles win this game 34-13. to Usually I don't make my prediction until one of my Thursday or Friday shows. But, I mean, there's no sense beating around the bush. You know, I, I believe the Eagles are going to win this game easily. Um, so... You know, I just wanted to throw it out tonight. I think the Eagles win 34-13. I want to know your confidence level going into this game. And also, um, you know, is Howie Rosen the best general manager in sports right now? Has he been the best general manager in sports over the last two years? I mean, Dan and I just talking about it a little bit during the break. Dan, you threw out Bob Myers of the Warriors. It's a, a good one. That's somebody who, obviously, the way they've rebuilt, you know, surrounded Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, make the Wiggins trade. You know, he's a guy that deserves to be up there. And, you know, you also threw out maybe the Bengals GM, Chiefs GM. But those, I would say they're more just like, you know, getting top-notch quarterbacks kind of near the top of the draft. What makes Howie's job so impressive is he found a quarterback in the second round. And I'm not saying the Eagles envisioned Jalen being this, but, I mean, that goes into it as well. Um, You know, finding value in the Eagles – for all the crap we've given Howie about his drafts, he finds value in the draft. There's no doubt about that. He does. And, you know, certainly like deciding to finally start drafting out of the SEC seemed like something that was long overdue. But the Eagles are like, they're a powerhouse in the NFL. Like, they are now. Like, the Eagles won that, that one Super Bowl, obviously, five years ago. They went down, they came back up. They're now the best team in the NFL. Howie Roseman is one of the best GMs in sports, like certainly in the conversation as we're listing these other great GMs that are nationally recognized, like how good they are at their job, that Howie Roseman has reached that level. And what an Eagles Super Bowl run again here would do for this franchise is like solidify them as, I don't know how many, I guess you have to win three titles to be officially considered a dynasty, but it's really hard to like win and come back and win the NFL. If he gets two under his belt, like, he will be nationally recognized as one of the great GMs, like, of a generation. Yeah. Like, and there's, two not, with, there's not, not too many guys who can say that. And with a lot of turnover. Like, like two, makes two it more with impressive. A, two yes. with a different head coach and different quarterback in the span of five years. I would have to start, It's pretty much unprecedented, I I'd say, I'm trying to think how many 
GMs in sports have won with a different coach. Now, again, that's because of how the Eagles run things, that all the powers in the front office and the guy who won the Super Bowl kind of wanted a little bit more power, and they got another guy and just plugged him right in, and it seems like they were right. It's about what happens in the front office. But, yeah, I can't think of another We had the Cowboys the one year with Switzer, but that team was pretty much pre-built. So, like, you know, you changed over the head coach, but Uh, you still had Aikman, Emmitt Smith, all those guys. Cower and Tomlin. Right. They they did it actually in a little bit of a shorter turnaround, 40 and 40. Same quarterback, though. Same quarterback. You're right. Like, it's – in football, it's hard to think of different quarterback, different coach, same GM. No, it'd be a pretty unprecedented run as far as I'm concerned – for Harry Rosen if they get this done. They're, you know, a game away from getting there and two games away from finishing the whole thing. Yeah, no doubt about it. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to our buddy John in Allentown. Thanks for hanging, John. What's going on, TK? How you doing, man? How do I sound, man? You're all good, John. What's happening? Good. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm totally on your bandwagon with the 49ers. I'm totally on your bandwagon with Howie Rosen. Like, I've been critical of Howie here and there, but so has everybody. You know, when he messes up, he finds a way to dig himself out. I mean, we're going to have a top 10 draft pick in an upcoming draft because of this guy's genius. I mean, we have Devontae Smith because, you know, he was, he was brave enough to dump Carson Wentz and somehow got a first-round draft pick out of that mess. Yeah, John, I mean, and John, and, and, and – and yeah, I mean, it looks great now, but at the yeah. time, like, like there were a lot of people basically saying like the Eagles should stick it out with Wentz. They should try another year. You can't take a cap hit or a dead cap hit for a player of that salary. And I mean, it was risky, but it obviously turned out to be the right move. Agreed. And I'm with you on this, man. I, you know, I really think the Eagles are going to run away with this thing on Sunday because, you know, people are not looking at the glaring obvious points like our defense and San Fran's defense are almost a wash okay but our offensive line is the best offensive line in football and they, they will run the ball on anyone and and you know San Fran has a, what are they, they rank 20 against the pass I mean we're in the top 10 in all categories going across the board and at, at the one position that's the most important position, quarterback. Our quarterback is head and shoulders above Brock Purdy. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and John, obviously that's that's a huge deal. And I, I, I mean, yeah. the Eagles clearly have the better quarterback. And also, as you said, like the offensive line's a great point because you look back at that game Saturday night. Like the Giants aren't a great team talent wise. The Giants do have a very talented defensive line, and that defensive line got dominated by the Eagles' offensive line on Saturday. I watched Jason Kelsey throw this, you know, nose guard that was talking all the trash, just throw him around. I mean, they, they dominate. When they're all together, they dominate. I mean, even the backup, even when Dillard came in for a few plays, they didn't miss a, miss a beat. I mean, they, they are dominant, and that's where everything is won, right there. And our decision maker, uh, Jalen Hurts, like he overcomes – some of the calls by our offensive coordinator. And I'm not trying to say the offensive coordinator calls a bad game all the time, but he he makes the choice whether the, to, you know, keep the ball, hand the ball, throw the ball out there, and he makes the right choice almost every time. So, I mean, you have to go with the glaring obvious that our quarterback play 
is going to dominate. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no doubt about it, John. And I appreciate well, it, man. Good talking to you. Thanks, DJ. Yep, take it easy, man. And and yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts, it, that's a huge deal. I mean, Jalen Hurts was phenomenal on Saturday night, and he continues to just be so impressive. And you'll look at the numbers at the end of the game, and you know they're not going to look crazy. I mean, he didn't even throw for two hundred yards in that game, but um, you know the way he manages the game. I mean, just the the way in which he's so calm, the way in which he just plays at such a high level intellectually is so impressive week after week. And, you know, I have no worries about him. Like, and it's crazy. This is a third-year quarterback. And, And just, like, when you see the videos in the locker room after the game where, you know, Brandon talks to the team, he's got them huddled around, and then he turns things over to Jalen. Like, this is a guy in his third year. This is like a 25-year-old, and he's the leader of the team. Like, these guys who have been around, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Grant, Lane Johnson, these guys who have been around for a decade plus, like, they're listening to, to him. It's it's just insane. And to command that kind of respect, that's a big deal. And I'm not saying, you know, nothing wrong against Brock Purdy or anything, but I don't know. I, I I can't imagine that after Niners games, Brock Purdy's in the in the Niners locker room, you know, bringing the team together and giving them a talk about how they're going to approach the, the next week. And I do think that stuff matters and hurts the way that he just manages the game, the way that he just always seems in complete control is extremely, extremely impressive for a guy his age. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Now, um, get back to the phones in a minute here, but I do need to unload my social media notebook here. Um, and we'll start off again. This is something I uh, – kind of a, um, a follow-up to last week. Again, with people complaining about, the, the, you know, uh, the the – the ticket queue and getting Eagles tickets and the ticket prices for the game. Like it's just not going to happen. I've never actually known anyone get the tickets on that thing. I mean, and, and people complain about the prices. It's the NFC championship game. Like I, I it, the tickets for the NFC championship game are going to be expensive. Like, I don't know what you're expect. Like tickets are going to be expensive for a conference championship game, you know? So, so I, I I'm everyone I'm, and their mother in the city wants to go. I'm done with those complaints. Also, and this is a new trend that I think is kind of disgraceful. Have you seen this, Dan? People dropping, like, their Venmo or Cash App, like, and asking people to donate to their fund for— uh, It's not new, but I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, I've, it's I've seen it for just a while. pathetic. So, pathetic. So, don't do that. I think it's mostly sarcastic, and you figure if someone does it, you'll take it. But I don't think— most people expect to actually get anything. Well, I hope not. I mean, because that would be pretty disgraceful. Another one dealing with the same thing, Dan Orlovsky. Now, Dan Orlovsky tweets about the price of the game and says, oh, I got to get to the link on on on, uh, on, Saturday, on Sunday. Okay, Orlovsky. Like, first of all, you have the money to shell out for a ticket if you really want. Second of all, you're telling me Dan Orlovsky can't get a credential if he wants to go to the game? Like, if Dan Orlovsky wants to be in the building on Sunday, seems Dan like Orlovsky can be in the building, right? Correct. Like, he can get a credential. He's See, seems like he knows people at ESPN who could get him one. Yeah, so Dan, shut up. I'm tired of you. Now, my other social media thing. This is also, this is from Sunday. Now, Eli Apple, the cornerback of the Cincinnati Bengals, mocking the Bills for getting eliminated, you know, making the joke like Cancun on three and stuff. Bills players responding, saying that that is being disrespectful to Namar Hamlin. Get the hell! What are you talking about? 
there was some controversy. Well, he did tweet out the little like emoji of like doing the heart thing. That oh, that's, Hamlin that's does. Inter- yeah, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. Well, so Apple had to like clarify it today that he wasn't really trying to disrespect. I don't think his intention was to disrespect Demar Hamlin, but some people took exception to it that it seemed like he was, and today he he backtracked on it a little bit. But so. Okay. I well, know, he probably could have worded it a little better. I might need to put that one back in the notebook then. Because okay. I didn't know, I didn't realize he used that emoji. That changes things a little bit. I thought it was just Bill's players, you know, basically trying to, to spin the fact that they lost and he's mocking them. And, and No, 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 no. no. Okay. There, there was, like, specific language and text in the tweet that people thought he was mocking DeMar Hamlin. Okay, well, then I will I will retract that gripe. Okay. okay, I will retract that. I'll put it back Has that in ever happened? Um, I, I, I don't think retracted. So. I don't think so because History I feel very, Tom Kelly very strongly about these. So yeah, I'll retract that one. And lastly, um, you know, and, and this is something that I just don't know how anybody can can take this seriously. But Craig Carton on his show was talking uh, about the quarterbacks remaining, and Craig Carton ranked the quarterbacks uh, remaining in the NFL playoffs. Here's how that sounded. Top four quarterbacks uh-huh. left in the postseason. Number one is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Jordan. Number Pippen. two, a Joe Burrow. All right. Number three. Are you ready? Yeah. Ready. The number three quarterback left oh, in Don't the postseason. Do it. Don't do it. Is Come on. Don't, he's going to do don't it. Don't do it. Mister. Don't do he's it. He's going to do it. Brock. No. 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 He's got double the amount of playoff wins as Jalen Hurts. So what? He don't throw for 150 yards in a playoff game. Jalen Hurts is the Michael Jordan of quarterback. Jalen Hurts, of course, becomes number four as good as just about anybody not named Purdy Burrow or Mahomes. Now, I see people getting worked up over this on social media. Like, have a little bit of a sense of humor. I mean, my God, the the guy's joking, okay? Like, this is obviously a joke. There's no way in hell Craig Curtin actually believes that Brock Purdy is better than Jalen Hurts. You know, if you listen, listening to that, it's clear that he's doing this for a reaction. I mean, my God, just just people have got to be less sensitive. Just got to be less sensitive. I mean, he's doing it for a reaction. When you react that way, you're giving him exactly what he wants. Just chill out. He's not serious. I mean, that's my last gripe of the day. He said it in a pretty, like, sarcastic voice, too. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't believe that Brock Purdy's better than Jalen Hurts. And also, I'll say this as well with the Chris Sims stuff. Like, Chris Sims is just digging in on his take. He doesn't believe it. Like, and, and if he wants to, if they want to. you're wrong at this point. He He's taking it too far. Oh, my God. I'm sick you of Chris Sims. Uh, Are you kidding me? You're really going to get worked up about I'm Chris Sims? I'm not worked Sims. up over it, but I'm sick of hearing about him. Okay, yeah, well, the only reason you're hearing about him... Is because people are getting worked up. Because people keep getting worked up and giving him attention. I know, and it's insane, and it's annoying. Like, it's, it's, I, I'm sick of Chris... I'm sick of Chris Sims. I'm sick of... What I'm really sick of, you're right, is people giving Chris Sims attention because that's causing him to double down. Right. You're giving him exactly what he wants. You're giving these guys exactly what they want. So just chill out, move on. You know, they're... Like, Carton obviously is not serious. Like, there's no doubt that, that that he's joking around here. I think people do need to chill out. Just chill out a little bit. All right? Just chill out a little bit. That's all. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, let's go to Ash in Virginia. What's up, Ash? Hey, how are you tonight? Good. How are you? 
not bad, not bad. I appreciate the time. Sure. I'm looking at the game Sunday. I'm not concerned as everybody else is. I feel like this is like a situation where even we see this year, like barring a few experiences, Eagles have been markedly ahead of most teams they've played. And a team without a – that's basically a bit part – passing game around uh, basically getting people to not be tackled because the passes are being thrown in the short, maybe slightly intermediate route space is not something that seems like concerning. A lot of the stats, um, even Elliot Shore Parks and people talked about with the turnovers that they rely on to score makes you think that if the Eagles don't get in their own way, they should really handle this without a ton of trouble. Maybe I'm really calm for no reason or maybe the previous Super Bowl has made me calm because I'm not as high high strung on this one i don't know just some thoughts ahead yeah i mean ash i i you know i feel kind of the same way like i'm not worried about this game and i know that san francisco they do have a good defense i mean there's no doubt especially their defensive line bosa you know some of the other guys they have up front fred warner is a linebacker is a playmaker like they're really talented but i just don't think they're going to be able to stop this eagles this eagles offense as good as that d-line is i think the eagles offensive line is better I think they're going to dominate the line of scrimmage, and and typically, you know, a team that wins up front is going to win the game, and and I don't think there are really any defensive lines who who are going to be able to win that battle against the Eagles' offensive line. Yeah, and I also think, you know, the perimeters, they should be bombs away. Even the line, Jalen Rager had a cooked one of the corners last year on the go-route that obviously you all remember he's out of bounds. Touchdown didn't count, but, I I mean, the corners I don't think have changed much, and Eagles receivers are two of the best in the entire league, and it feels like it's a it feels like it might be a 2017 Vikings experience where maybe the Niners score more than seven, but maybe the Eagles don't score 38. But I don't think it's something where we're sweating. Um, I, I'm not sure if you said this earlier. To be honest, I just started joining. It's been a long night, but uh, hearing. But um, do you have a preference of who you'd rather face? If assuming they win, obviously that's the assumption still. Yeah. In the Super Bowl. Yeah, Ash, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. I mean, for the storyline, and, and we it's funny because we were debating this at the station here over the weekend. I don't want to play Andy in the Super Bowl. I don't. And I know it would be great for content. It would be great for the station, and maybe this makes me a bad company guy here. But I, I, I love Andy Reid, and I've made no qualms about that. Everybody knows I love Andy Reid. I don't want to have to root against Andy in the Super Bowl. I really don't want to do it. And for that reason, I hope the Bengals win this week. I it, it would be it would be conflicting, man. I I'd like obviously I'm rooting for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Like that's it's not a question. But I don't want to root against Andy in a Super Bowl. I don't want to do it. I I just don't want to have you, to you do it. You don't you don't Yeah, you don't want to be conflicted with this. No. I lo- I love line, that man. I look, I from a storyline perspective I think I do want it. I'm not going to say, like, I very much, especially more so in hindsight, like, Andy Reid, Donovan McNabb were, like, the quarterback-coach combo of my childhood. It almost bothers me a little bit that Andy Reid is, like, going to go in the Hall of Fame one day as a Chiefs coach more than an Eagles coach. Mm -hmm. Like, he's now gone to as many conference championships as the Chiefs coach as he has with the Eagles coach. He's going to pass the wins total. He's won a Super Bowl there. Like, the fact that he has more wins than any other coach in Eagles history, and it's his second-best team. It's just, like, mind-boggling and speaks to how good of a coach and career he has and totally underappreciated. 
I don't know that. I think this is like rooting for like going up against your best friend in like the little league championship, right? Like I think you you have to root for it. No, no, but but this is the problem that I have because it would get mean spirited because there are a, a group of Neanderthals in this city who don't appreciate Andy Reid, who don't have the same kind of reverence and feelings for Andy Reid that that we more enlightened folks do, Dan. Like there is a group who 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 despises Andy. And I I detest them. I think they make all, the whole city look bad. Like I think that group of people makes the whole city look bad, the people that don't appreciate Andy Reid, and I think it would get mean spirited and I wouldn't want that group to be able to gloat after the Eagles beat Andy in a Super Bowl. That would that's not something I want to give them the satisfaction of. If that makes it's sense. Cuz almost going Yes, it does actually. That Part of just a little bit of the Eagles winning the Super Bowl would actually be watered down because you have to listen to people being like, I knew Andy couldn't get it done. No, and and I mean, one of my favorite days at the station here was a couple years ago, Andy Reid Appreciation Day. I mean, it was it was it was a great day leading up to the Super Bowl. One of my favorite shows was the night after Andy won the Super Bowl. I, I did a whole Super Bowl celebration, which you can obviously imagine how that went over. Um, in, in the morning, not not great with some people, but you know, I I enjoyed it, and you know, I, I I wouldn't want to have to root against Andy in that spot. You know, you're still gonna have to hear it if the Eagles win at three o'clock, and then Andy loses at six thirty. But then that's a subplot. It's the subplot. It's it's back. It's not two weeks of build up, it, and it's not the Eagles beat him. You know, it's not it's it, not it, the it's Eagles not nearly beat him. as bad. And I'll say this from a matchup standpoint, if we're looking at what's better for the Eagles, I mean, I, I just think the Niners are a much easier matchup than either of those two teams are because if anybody's going to beat the Eagles, it's going to be in a shootout because I don't think anybody can stop this offense. So, you know, I could well, see that, that perspective, like Chiefs or the Bengals, not you the should, Not that either one of those offenses is going to be a picnic. Facing Patrick Mahomes right now seems like something no one should be rooting for. I mean, the Chiefs are good. Like, they are very, very good. The Eagles would not be favored in that game. Like, the, the Chiefs would be expected to win in a Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl, I believe. They, yeah. Like, so, from that perspective, root for the Bengals. If you're interested in the two two weeks, you're right. The two-week storyline buildup, I think, would be fun. The aftermath of the Eagles beating Andy. And I would almost hope that if the Eagles beat Andy in the Super Bowl, to your point, that it's not because Andy screws up. It's because, like, the Eagles... Like, throw one final gut punch and, like, lead a drive at the end of the game or something. Right, and it's an interesting question. It's something I want to honestly throw out there. And if you want to get into one five five nine two nine four nine four, do you want to play Andy Reid in the Super Bowl? And I'm not talking—forget about Mahomes, forget about the matchup. But do you want to play Andy in the Super Bowl? I don't because I don't want to root against somebody that I love. I don't want to root against somebody that gave me some of my best memories as a sports fan— in my childhood, I don't want to root against them, so I'll throw that out there as well. Do you want to? Do you want to face Andy Reid in the Super Bowl? I get it'll be fun from a storyline perspective, but ultimately, I don't want it. I I I don't want to do it. It would be too many conflicting emotions. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, uh, I'm Tom Kelly. When we get back, we haven't done nearly enough with mocking the Dallas Cowboys. And by the way, Dave Uram is in the house. Uh, stay tuned, 4 a.m. He's getting an egg cracked over his head. He's, he's here. Already, he's already tipping the cap. He's, he's made his arrival. Yeah, By the he, way, can I ask you, are you, like, a little – like, Uram is really leaning into this. Like, not that he should – like, he seems to be I, enjoy- I'm a little bothered by how much Like, are you a little bothered it. by it? I am a little bothered Like, by everyone it. at KYW, like, knows about it. He, he loves he, all the attention he's He getting. loves all this attention. He's a – he's, you know, he's kind no of – No pun intended. He's egging it on here. Kind of an attention whore, this Uram. 
So he is. You and know, like, you I know, think he's enjoying. He's it. walking in with a grin. He's tipping the cap. It's almost like he wants this egg to be cracked on his head. He does. He knew what he was doing. He loves the attention. So we'll uh, we'll crack the egg uh, coming up at four as well. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. I'm Tom Kelly. Uh, and when we get back, we'll mock the Cowboys because we haven't had nearly enough fun with that uh, throughout the course of the show so far. Hilarious what happened to them on Sunday afternoon. So we'll do that as well. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. About 40 minutes from now, Dave Uram comes in uh, to get an egg cracked on his head. And, Dan, uh, you've, you seem more excited about this than anybody. I mean, you, you, you seem extremely excited for this. Now you're going to be filming this on your on your phone here. So correct. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm gonna run in. I'm gonna film it. Uh, you're gonna. We've decided you are physically going to crack the egg mm-hmm. uh, on Uram's head, which is no something you've been wanting to do for many years here. Oh yes, I mean Uram and I. This is a big moment for you. Yeah, I mean Uram and I have a good relationship now. We used to be, you know, I, I've bitter rivals back in the day. One thing that I've learned, yeah, well, that's I've I've heard. Uh, sitting next to uh, Dave Breitmeyer for all these weeks at like every Monday, Chickies and Pete's throughout the football season. Uh, you hear a lot of old. WIP stories from that guy, uh, and in particular, URAM stories as they pertain to you or other people. Uh, yes, it it just adds it adds to it hearing some of those stories of young Tom Kelly and Dave URAM. Uh, oh yeah, well Dave the, Dave Breitmeyer was like our both of our mentor in the remote. I know, uh, and, and like game. and to hear that you guys like were nearly throwing fists at one point it was kind of wild. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm not gonna I, lie. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was a public story at this point. Like, yeah, you guys are obviously friends now. You talk, but I mean, just think about those days when you crack this egg on his head. Well, well, this is the one thing that 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 you ram like we train kind of the same people to do the job that that we would do. And what, one thing that bothered me one time, he he said to uh, uh, one of the guys we were training, who I was training. He said, "Okay, you've learned." Uh, he's like, he he said to uh, and it, our buddy Matt DeSantis. He said to Matt, he said, "Do you want to learn how to do things the right way, or do you want to th- learn the Tom Kelly way of just getting things done?" Wow. Yes, that and he was, said this in front of you. Uh, he, uh, he did not say it in front of me, but it got back to me. And oh, I was not okay. happy about it. Okay. You know, because it was, you know, I thought so, kind of a rude so there, thing to say. There was a little bit of a, an ego with you, Ram, when it came to it was his way and everybody else. Yes. He's a little particular, if you haven't noticed. Very particular. I, I, you know, he he noticed. likes to have things done. I, but Very particular. Yes. Yeah, well, we're going to do things our way today. That's we'll see. Right. But is it really our way it. again? He walked in with like a real big pep. Oh, in he's his very staff. happy. He's, he's very tipping happy. the cap. It's almost like he can't wait. I could see the grin on his face even Through beneath the mask. the mask. Even beneath the mask, I could see the grin. He's on like, his this face. is the happiest he's looked to come into work in since I've worked. Here. Yeah, he doesn't usually open the door to greet me. When, when comes in. Yeah, what, waves, what is this? His cap. He's really. He's very, very much enjoying the situation. Oh, so. very, yeah. Because he knows how much we're talking about. Right. So stay tuned for that. But uh, if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Talk about several things tonight. Obviously, NFC Championship game. I'm extreme. I'm supremely confident the Eagles win this game. I'm already throwing my prediction out there, 34-13. That's how confident I am after seeing this team play on Saturday. I know the Niners are better than the Giants. Not as good as the Eagles. And this offensive line, the one spot on that Giants team where they're very talented is that defensive front. 
They had nothing for the Eagles offensive line. The Eagles offensive line dominated that game. Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Hamilton, or Le- Leonard Williams. They had nothing. Nothing for, for, for the Eagles interior. Kayvon Thibodeau, you didn't hear his name all game. I mean, the Eagles dominated. And I think they're going to do the same thing this week. And Brock Purdy coming into the link. I can't stress this enough. It's not going to go well for the 49ers. I mean, last week against the Cowboys, he was skittish. Um, he did not look good, I thought, at all on Sunday. Um, and he's not going to get away with some of the mistakes that he made, the drifting in the pocket. I heard Joe DeCamera earlier this week refer to him as a drifter. I think that's a very you know good way to put it. The guy drifts back in the pocket. It's not going to work out well for him this week at the link. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think the Niners are very competitive with the Eagles. So if you want to get on that, you're welcome to. Um, also, I think Howie Roseman's the best general manager in all of sports over the last two years. With what he's done, the way he's turned this thing around, the way he has taken this organization – and the situation they were in, and put them in the situation they're in now, considering where they were two years ago, is really amazing. So if you want to get on that, you're welcome to. And our, our other question just came up in the last segment. And this one I'm very interested in and really want to get people's take on. Do you want to play Andy Reid in the Super Bowl? Because I don't. And it's not. it has nothing to do with a fear of Andy. It has nothing to do with being afraid of Patrick Mahomes. It has to do with the fact that how much I love and appreciate Andy Reid. And I don't want to play against him in that big of a game. I would have mixed emotions. Like, obviously, I'd be happy the Eagles win the Super Bowl. I don't want to see, you know, the confetti floating down. The green, like, how, it would just be wrong. Like, the Eagles win a Super Bowl over Andy? It just wouldn't be right. Like, and, and... You know, I hate to root against them ever, but I got to root against Andy on Sunday because I don't want to be in that situation. You beat Zach Taylor, you beat Joe Burrow, that's fine. You know, there's no emotional attachment there. But as far as Andy, I just don't want to see the Eagles beat him. I, I don't want to I don't want to be conflicted in that way. I don't want to be conflicted in that way. So, yeah, I hope the Bengals win this week so we don't have to worry about it. 215-592-9494 in a few minutes here. We will mock the Cowboys because what happened to them on Sunday was just hilarious. First, let's go to Dustin in the Northeast. What's up, Dustin? DJ, my man. What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? Good. Actually, real quick, bring in my sweet talk. I grew up with Dave. Um, I grew up playing AAU basketball. I haven't seen him in years, but I can't wait to see the video. Oh, wait, then, you man, grew up with you, Ram, you said? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, mean, I, I, I grew up in Richmond. You grew up in... Um, in Abington, but we played for the same AAU basketball team. So I, I never Wait, you ran, you ran was on an AAU basketball team? Dude, one of the scrappiest defenders. <laughs> that, does the, that does not surprise me. I knew he played high school, but I didn't. I mean, you ran made an AAU team? Yeah, and then he, when he was younger, you got you to gotta ask him about when he broke his elbow. He used to shoot the goofiest shot. His elbow, would, he was a lefty, and his elbow would stick, like, almost at a 90-degree angle. But he had a nice jump shot. He was a, he was a really good man. He was, like I said, he's scrappy. Dude. He was like a um, – uh, who could even compare him? Oh, he, dude, his defense was the reason why he was a real good defender. He was a hustler. He was a hustler. Okay. But, uh, well, there you go. stupid-ass comments. He took the Giants over the birds. He picked the Giants over the he picked the Giants over the birds, uh, Dustin. But I gotta say, other than that, like he had keys to the game and everything. We'll get to that in the next segment here. But as far as keys to the game, he ended up being pretty pretty spot on with everything except his actual prediction. Yeah, and that he was far superior. 
John. Now, with this, you had a caller calling up uh, to add to this year's success. And mark my words, TK, because I'm calling it here, I'm calling it now. The hottest team in the NBA, the Sixers. This will consider the 20, because it's technically they started in 2022. They're going to make it to the finals. And we're going to have three championship appearances in the same year in Philadelphia. It's going to be the greatest sports year for Philadelphia. Because if you think about I don't know if they did it the same year the Celtics, but didn't the Sox, the Red Sox, and the Patriots both won in 07? Wasn't that the year? Well, oh, no, 07, 07 was the year the Patriots were undefeated, but then they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right, you're right. But yeah, now, I mean, Dustin, I wish I, I wish I shared your confidence, but I just, I still, I don't think they get by Milwaukee or Boston in the playoffs. I, I just don't think they beat either of those teams in a seven game series. Well, we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about that. I want to yeah. make an Eagles. Okay. There is, I, I, I'm on the opposite sides of you. I think they're gonna win the game. I think it's gonna be a defensive front. I think they're gonna win 17-10. Um, I don't think they're gonna. There's no defensive line like the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line. You can talk about how they're the second-ranked defense. That defensive line, what we're seeing, we, we, what do we have, four players with double-digit sacks? Like, this is unbelievable. Purdy's not going to be ready for it. And then we're going we're gonna to play – you don't have to worry about any We're going to play the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and that, they're going to destroy that offensive line. I'm telling you, Tom, I don't think that there's a team – this team, this is going to be the toughest match, and they got to get through this weekend. I think they do, and I think it's because of Jalen Hurts. I think that's the most important position in any sport out there, and we have a far superior player in that position. I think they win. I think they win the Super Bowl in their prom. It's going to be a crazy. I can't believe. I can't believe we're even talking about a Super Bowl run. I know, but I really don't think that there's a team that could beat them, dude. Yeah, Dustin, I hear you, man. I appreciate the call. And this season, it is weird. It's still, like, it's kind of flown by. It still doesn't really feel, like, like real. But I would disagree. In it. Like, I don't think this week's – I think the Super Bowl is going to be the tough one. I don't have worries about this game. I think when you look at the Eagles, and it's why I wanted San Fran over Dallas. And Dallas was proven to be frauds. And we'll get to that in, in a minute here. But the only way that I think the Eagles can lose – is if they they go up against a top-notch quarterback and, you know, that quarterback has a big day. Like, offensively, I don't think anybody can stop this team. I don't think anybody can win at the line of scrimmage. Um, We saw it last – like, that Giants defensive line, for all the flaws that team has, the defensive line is talented. Defensive line is good. The Eagles dominated them up front, and I don't think it's going to be any different this week against San Francisco. I really don't. I think the only way they lose is against a, a top quarterback with weapons. That's why I think whether you face Mahomes or Burrow, I think that's where you really get into get into you know not trouble, but that's where the the challenge lies. I'm sorry, I just I have no fear of Brock Purdy. I can't I can't even fake it. I can't fake about having you any can't sort fake of fake fear. I I, have... I I can't muster. You know, normally you can muster some sort of scenario up in which things don't go the Eagles' way. I can't. I can't think of any scenario in which this doesn't go the Eagles' way, Dan. I can't do it. All right, I'll muster one up for you. The 49ers' defense slows down the Eagles' offense in a way that you don't think is capable. I think if any defense could slow them down, it would be this defense. And the 49ers do kind of what we said the Giants should attempt to do last week. They control time of possession. They make short, like, short, you know, chunk plays up and down the field. They can, they're controlling the clock. 
they're slowing down the Eagles' defense. They keep it competitive. And no, Brock Purdy probably won't go out there and, like, definitively win the game with a winning drive. But they at least keep it close long enough that maybe they can force Hurts into a mistake. And that what's, that's what ends up being the difference. Maybe. Um, like that, I, I guess that's, 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 for that's the formula. But the guy I think is going to be a key defensively in this game is C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Like, I think he is going to be a major, major key. Now, hopefully, I mean, if the Eagles get Avante Maddox back, that would be massive. I, I kind of don't think that's going to happen. It would be huge if they could. But I don't think the Niners are going to be able to run the ball that all, all that effectively in this game. The one thing that would give you a little bit of pause offensively would be I think they're really going to target McCaffrey in the passing game. And if I'm Jonathan Gannon, I am just – putting C.J. Gardner-Johnson on Christian McCaffrey. And I'm playing him man-to-man and, you know, try to take him out of the game as much as you can. And that's where having a guy like Gardner-Johnson I think is a huge deal. I think he's going to be a, be a massive key this week. And, you know, you look at the Niners, um, I don't think they're going to look to test your outside corners. Uh, they're going to look to do their work over the middle of the field. It's going to be McCaffrey. It's going to be Kittle. And, man, Kittle is one of my favorite players in the league. I just love watching that dude. Um and, you know, Debo Samuel, but they're going to attack the middle of the field. I think C.J. Gardner-Johnson is going to be a, a massive key this week for the Eagles. Uh, 215-592-9494. Let's go to Robin Malka Hill. What's up, Rob? What's up, guys? Um, I just want to start off, you know, if the, if the birds play like they did on Saturday, I have no, no fear whatsoever of San Fran. And second of all, if Brock Purdy thinks he can come into Philadelphia and put up put up numbers like he has been, there's no shot. He's going to be so rattled, it's not even funny coming into Philly like that. That's no. what I think, Rob. I just – I think, you know, he looked he looked rattled last week in that spot. He at home. He was a rookie last week. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was, he was rattled. I mean, he, don't get me wrong. He had a good couple of games, you know, a couple weeks before and whatever, blah, blah, blah. There's no shot he comes into Philadelphia. And, you know, our crowd is going to be so crazy. It's going to, it's going to be one of the best years in Philadelphia sports. Yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be insane, Rob. And I just I have a lot of trouble seeing him coming in here and handling that situation, that situation well. I I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think it is, man. I really don't. Uh and like as far as like going against Andy or whatever, that would suck, you know what I mean? Andy Andy's you know, he, he put us through a lot of shit. You know, the guys the NFC championship couldn't get it done whatever Donovan, you know, whatever blah blah. blah. I, I couldn't really I couldn't really get them either, man. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I'd like to see, you know, Bengals win so we can play. I think it's going to be Bengals birds Super Bowl. I really do. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, Robin. I, I appreciate the call. Uh, yep. Thanks, man. Uh, if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. And, yeah, I mean, you know, that that's the right take to have with Andy. And I remember one of my favorite Andy memories was when the Eagles were down. You remember this game a couple years ago, Dan, when the Eagles – or not the Eagles. This, see, this is still – I associate Andy with the Eagles. When he was at the Chiefs and they were playing the Texans in that playoff game. And they fell behind 24 to nothing in that game. And I was being texted – Nonstop by our friend Rhea Hughes, who obviously, you know, on the morning show here, and Rhea was just rubbing it in my face about Andy. And then, man, that was a satisfying comeback. That was such a satisfying comeback that day. You know, Chiefs down twenty four to nothing. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, I was I was very, you know loud about it. Very excited about that. You know, I used to work with them a lot at the time, so and Rhea knows how much I, I adore Andy Reid. So that was a very satisfying day when Andy was able to fight back and get that victory. How do we think Angelo would take it if his final game ever on the station is Andy Reid beating the Eagles in a Super Bowl? 
Like, how do we think that would Not go? well. I mean, I think, it, like, objectively, it would be hilarious. Not that the Eagles lost, but the I'm fact saying, that— I'm not, like, rooting for right. it. Right. Like, you know, someone—you want to talk about the other side of being, like, critical of Andy. Right. That show has been as critical of Andy as anyone. Right. And they're wrong. I mean, they're, 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 they've been wrong for many years in regards to Andy. And the fact—like, it's almost poetic in a sense, regardless of the outcome— that in his retirement season, the final Eagles game ever that he talks about on the radio could be that. That's why I'd be, yeah, I just, too conflicted. Too, it's too conflicting. I just don't want, I don't want to see it. I can't, I don't want to see that situation uh, play out. 215-592-9494 as Uram is setting up his trash bags here uh, to get ready for the segment. I've never seen him come in this early. I mean, what no, are we he's, doing here? He's, he's way too excited. He's loving, the, he's loving the attention. I mean, that's what this is. He's, he's, he's very pleased right now. He... Yeah, <laughs> he's very happy. But we 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 haven't we haven't laughed enough about the Cowboys yet. I mean, we really do need to need to get to this a little more because that game you talk about satisfying. I mean, that was so satisfying to watch. I mean, to watch Dak Prescott, and I'll, I'll say that, and I've been espousing fear about Dak and the Cowboys kind of over the last couple of weeks because I do think they were a worse matchup for the Eagles than the Niners um, because of the quarterback. Maybe I was wrong about that. I mean, Dak fell apart completely in that game. I mean, I thought the real turning point, 6-6 right before halftime. Cowboys are set up for at least a field goal attempt. You don't know with with Brett Maher. But Dak throws an interception, ends up being a three points uh, the other way for San Francisco. To me, that was the game right there. And, I, you know, I thought the Niners would win. But that was so embarrassing for Dallas the way that it happened. And I thought the person that encapsulated this perfectly – was Kyle Brandt on NFL Network. Here was Kyle Brandt uh, talking about uh, the Cowboys and, and what they become as an organization. There's so much doom and gloom. I, I go the complete opposite way. This was a, an incredible, wonderful season for the Cowboys, and I mean that. They won a playoff game this year, guys. That's the fifth time in the last 27 years they've won a playoff game. That's huge. They should have a parade today in Dallas. This, this, this organization is not about title games and championships and Super Bowls. It hasn't been since I got my driver's license. This was massive. A win the divisional round would just be gravy. Wild card round, massive. That's huge. It's a great season for them. And Dak's sitting there saying, this is uh, unacceptable, unacceptable. No, it's not. It's completely acceptable. You do it every year, and you just get paid, and that's the way the business works. You get, you're one of the highest paid guys in the league. You guys never do anything of consequence. It's the very definition of acceptable. I look at Ezekiel Elliott, one of the highest paid running backs in the league, and he's, I guess, found his niche as a short yardage running back? <laughs> what? Like he's Mike Tolbert or something? It is very strange. And as far as Jerry, well, you know, we want to put on a show. We're the ultimate showman on P.T. Barnum and Barnum, and it's the Dallas Cowboys. The best show you guys put on was tuning in to see how many kicks your kicker would miss. That was the most intriguing thing. They showed up. They got thumped. Dak Prescott, your hero, your prince, the face of the organization, was outplayed by a rookie, a neophyte who's never been there before by far. And the worst part is no one is surprised. And when you have a chance to throw it to Cavante Turpin at the end of the game with their season on the line, you have to do it, guys. I don't know why everyone's criticizing that play. It's not just that they lose every year in the playoffs. It's that there's always this massive joke at the end of the season, like, like a walk-off, like in the SNL when they say goodnight on the stairs to sign off from the episode. And you might be sitting here, oh, the Bills aren't about championships. You're right. I was asked about the Cowboys, but you're definitely right. The Cowboys, since I was in high school, be keep asking us, why is this Cowboys team special? This team's special. This team's special. They're never special. 
I don't know if they're ever going to be special because Dak Prescott was wrong. It's not unacceptable. Not only is it completely acceptable, it's the cowboy way, and this was just the latest chapter. And obviously, like, that's mocking. He's, he's doing it tongue-in-cheek. But it's absolutely true. And, and what shows it's true is that Jerry Jones, after that game, they're going to stick with Mike McCarthy. Like, they are going to stick with Mike McCarthy. Are, are, the guy's a total idiot. And and I hate that, like, and, and uh, maybe, maybe this is wrong. And, and tell me if this is wrong, Dan. And I don't even know if I should say it. But Mike McCarthy just, he, 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 he looks he looks dumb. Like, he just, he just, you look at him, and that can't be a smart guy. It just, I, I don't, like, I don't, and I don't, I don't want to judge people by their looks. But does Mike McCarthy, you look at him and think that's a smart, that's a smart man. A smart football coach. I, I mean, I, again. No. I mean, it, like. Probably inappropriate. Well, I was going to say, I don't, someone could say, someone's listening right now saying, do you look at Andy Reid and think he's a smart, because he is true. a smart football coach. True. Like, you can't but always Mike judge McC- people by their looks. something about Mike McCarthy. And maybe it's just that I've seen him coach. I think it's because you've seen him coach. Maybe it's because I've seen him coach. But, like, the the, the punt on fourth and he ten. He doesn't look like Sean McVay with is what you're and, looking for. Like, it's like, like in, in, you could tell in the moment. They had not even thought about that possibility. Like, fourth and ten, he's, like, waving the offense off the field. You're going to punt on fourth and ten with two and a half minutes left? Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, is it not... More cl- after you have the whole time fiasco last year, you have another time fiasco again. Like, what the hell are you doing? Is it been ever more clear that the only reason that, like, this guy's entire career was made by being with Aaron Rodgers? Like, his entire career was just he was the coach when Aaron Rodgers was there, essentially. Like, it's not any more than that. And then you get to this final play, which was just a work of art. And I mean, they line up. For this play. And I'm fascinated. Then the Niners call a timeout, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe they just did this. My initial thought after the Niners called a timeout was, okay, they only did this because they knew the Niners were going to call a timeout. They didn't want to actually show them their real formation. So now they're going to come out in a real formation. And then they come out in the same formation with Zeke at center, offensive lineman on either side. And, And I will say for a brief moment, I thought maybe McCarthy's a genius. Maybe they have a play dialed up here that I've just never thought of and that nobody's ever thought of, and they're going to score a touchdown on this final play. And then this is how it transpired. The Cowboys come out their last gasp. And are they going to play Ezekiel Elliott at center here? Look at this formation. Yeah, so they have their right guard and tackle out here, their left guard and left tackle out here. It appears that Zeke's going to go to center. This looks like my flag football team. Final play, it looks like barring a penalty. Prescott over the middle of Turpin. Gets smoked right away, and that'll do it. The 49ers back to the championship game. And that was Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson with the call on Fox, and it was just the worst play you've ever seen. I mean, it was hilarious. I mean, Zeke Elliott just gets absolutely destroyed on this play. And Turpin gets the ball. I think the plan was for him to, to lateral it back to, to somebody. There was no plan. I that, mean, that, that, that was not a real plan. I mean, you remember the, the Colts play that they ran years ago? Usually when something looks so ridiculous that everyone goes, well, I got to see this, it is that ridiculous. It was unbelievable. And it's just like, and what Kyle Brandt says is right. Like, how can you bring him back? It's the difference between the Cowboys and the Eagles because – 
for the Cowboys, like that has become acceptable to Jerry Jones. Like getting the divisional round, like he can say he's disappointed in everything, and I'm sure they wish they had gone further. But the Cowboys absolutely look at that as a successful season at this point. The Eagles don't like the Eagles are about championships, and they don't always get there. But getting to the first round, getting to the second round, it's not good enough. And like Jeffrey Lurie has shown that time and time again. Doug Peterson had one bad year after going to the playoffs for three consecutive years. And that was enough to, to, to move on. Jerry Jones, what does he do? Sticks with Jason Garrett probably five years too long. And now he's probably stuck with McCarthy. First of all, he never should have hired McCarthy in the first place. But how is he going to stick with him again? It, it's just remarkable to me. And again, I, I'm sorry to Mike McCarthy for judging him by his looks. I shouldn't do that. But he just, again... He just does not exude intelligence when you look at him. And, and I just, I can't be any more, I, that's just the way I feel about it. So, but the Cowboys, man, they were, that was pathetic. And it's a difference between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Cowboys accept mediocrity, the Eagles don't. And what a pathetic performance that was by them on Sunday. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. When we get back, we will set up our uh, segment coming up at 4 a.m. by looking back at last week. And it's amazing, Dan, because as wrong as Dave Uram was about the game, in one way, he was dead right. And we will, uh, you know, illustrate that when we return. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIV. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you for one more segment here before we uh, crack an egg on Dave Uram's head. And, and you know, if, you, if you're just joining us, if you don't know what happened last week, we'll, we'll reset things real quick. Uh, last week, Dave Uram and I made a bet. Uh, Dave picked the Giants to beat the Eagles, as he typically picks against Philadelphia teams because he, he hates the city. But uh, Dave picked the Giants, I picked the Eagles, and the loser was going to get an egg cracked on their head this uh, Wednesday morning at 4 a.m. And Dave is obviously wrong, spectacularly wrong. Um, So he will get the egg cracked on his head in the next segment. But as wrong as he was, Dave was very, very right about one thing. And it's not something that I thought – I mean, when he said this last week, I thought it was ridiculous. But Dave had one very specific – key to this game. It didn't have anything to do with strategy. It didn't have anything to do with logic. It was more an emotion. Here was Dave's key last week to what the Eagles needed to do to beat the New York Giants. The key to this game is to look them in the eye, point at them, and say, you're not stopping us. <laughs> this is very awkward because Dave's looking me in the eye and pointing at me right now. And, and saying that to them, to, the, to that team, and, and, and pro- I assume they're going to wear their, their white and red uniforms, not their blue uniforms. I assume so. Look at that team with those blue helmets and say, you are not stopping us today. I like how Dave gets very fixated on the uniforms, like the exact uniforms that kind of, yeah, they, what, what other, well, the whole prediction what other goes, color helmets they wear? They've always worn blue helmets. Well, the prediction goes out the window if he says, look at them in their white uniforms, and then they end up wearing the blue in some tournament events or right. something like that. So he has to make sure he clarifies. You but know? I, I thought of, I, I mean, but he says that. It's like, well, that's a ridiculous key to the game. Like, like. That's your key, is they need to look them in the eye and say, you're not beating us today. But then, on Tuesday, NFL Films releases this piece of audio 
from the coin toss. Uh, and here was Brandon Graham at the coin toss. Brandon Graham, who was listening on his way in, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Uh, and here's what Brandon <laughs> said to the Giants during the coin toss. Oh, yeah, boy. We run right at you, 9-7. I want that. We right at you. And you love to run this way. Hey, hey, I'm on that throwing arm all day, hey. Yeah. We running right at you, 9-7. You look like you tired from this, this week. I hope you try to tip, boy. You're going to hurt yourself. And that was Brandon talking to Dexter Lawrence, Daniel Jones, and Saquon Barkley. And I got to say... He, I mean, he looked him right in the eye for, for as he pointed re- at him and said, you're not stopping us today for as ridiculous as Dave's key sounded that ended up being correct. Brandon, of all things for him to be right, not the Giants won, you know, none of his coin toss nonsense or, or well, the coin toss thing, I guess, ended up being right, too. He won the Eagles take the ball and they took the ball. Um, but it's been a big week for the take the ball crowd. Yeah. Well, the, actually, well, let me clarify. The Eagles did not take the ball. The Giants won the toss and deferred. So the Eagles did not take the ball. They got the ball first. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Dave was right on that key. Look him in the eye. Say you're not beating us today. So at least he was right about that. But when we get back, we'll settle our bet. We'll uh, crack the egg on Davey Ram's head, and we'll talk to him about this week. And we'll see if he dares to pick the 49ers this week. And then we might have to do this again next week. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but that's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94. I have a feeling that it will be a score of 27-24, a three-point difference. And the Eagles will be packing away their stuff the next day or two days later after that. The Giants are going to steal this game. If the Eagles win this game, then I will sit in this seat next week. I'll bring in some trash bags. We'll put some trash bags on the floor. And either Dan or, or you yeah. can come, can walk around the table. I'll take my hat off, and you can slap an egg right on my head. Well, that was uh, last week uh, as Dave Uran made his prediction. Uh, I'm Tom Kelly, by the way, on this Wednesday morning uh, as we uh, pay off the bet here. Dave, uh, it's time to get the egg smashed on your head. First off, uh, you know, how are you feeling? And, and um, you know, how do you feel about being spectacular, not just wrong, but spectacularly wrong what's about that, your prediction? What's that thing that you told me one time about how I said something really dumb? I don't know. Six, seven years ago, and it's one of the dumbest things I've ever said. What was it? Josh Smith not being a sixer, or or, or I forget. I totally forget what it was. What what was it? You said something like I don't know. It was something like uh, the Sixers not signing Josh Smith in free agency was like the biggest mistake they've ever made as a franchise. One of the dumbest like things I've ever said, with all due respect to Josh Smith, right? Yes. This tops by one hundred. This was one of the dumber things I ever thought of. Like, think about this for a second. It really, there was no benefit to making this pick the way that I did. I made it because I had not seen the Eagles play well in over a month. And I was, I was really skeptical about whether they could have that type of dominant performance. I knew they were better than the Giants. I knew they should have beaten the Giants. But the Giants came in with momentum. And I just had a bad feeling about the game. Yet... Two Eagles offensive possessions into the game, it was clear that I was so spectacularly wrong. And it was such a dumb decision because picking the Giants had no... Like, I picked them objectively. I did. I I really honestly did. But when you think about it, especially with the little fun wager that we have, there's no benefit to me picking the Giants because if the Eagles win, which they did, and they did in convincing fashion times five, 
then if I come back this week and pick the Eagles and they lose, I'm in an even worse spot than I am going to be after you smack that egg over my head. Yeah, you're in a no-win situation. <laughs> it was All really, of your own making. And, and it's really a dumb pick. Even before the second offensive possession, the moment I knew that game was over, when the Eagles went up 7 nothing, and then the Giants' next possession, when Dayball went for that fourth and eight, and they didn't get it. It was like, I thought that was a major desperation move at that point. Like, when he did that and they didn't get it, that felt to me like, okay, this guy knows they're not going to be able to stop the Eagles' offense. This game's over. To me, it showed that the Eagles were back. That's what it showed. It showed that that team that dominated the Giants on December 11th, that was so good throughout the season, that when they went into that Titans game and you're hearing about the toughness of Tennessee and it was the exact opposite, that to me was the sign this team is back. And then they go up 14 nothing, and, and I'm thinking, well, this thing's... It's not over, but it got... At some point in the third quarter, early fourth quarter, it was convincing that the Giants were not going to come back in that game. So it's one of the dumbest things I've ever predicted, and I will um, um, admirably and professionally and without any complaints take an egg over my head this morning on your program. Okay, well, there we go. Well, well I, really quick, I just have one more question because we were debating this, and I want to address it while uh, you Rams here before we do it. Dave, you seem to really be enjoying this. Like, I didn't know we were getting a camera guy from KYW. The whole station and the floors talking about it. Oh, you I'm walked not. walked in with an, a little extra swag. He's enjoying, enjoying, enjoying this way. You're no, enjoying this. I am not. Yes, I'm not much. enjoying yeah, it. I, I, I woke up this morning. I woke up in the middle of the night thinking to myself, I'm really not looking forward to getting this egg cracked in my head. I'm serious. You woke I'm up not. thinking about how many views am I going to no, get? No, I really am not. Here's here's why I'm not looking. I'm not looking forward to it because I be, because if the Eagles don't win on on Sunday, and I'm not giving my prediction yet, but if they don't win on Sunday, and I end up picking them, if if then I'm going to be viewed as the biggest jinx on the planet. And I'm not looking forward to but that either. This is the dilemma that you have, Dave, because you're you're a trusted newsman in the city. Like, I think we all know that. You're you're one of the most trusted newsmen in Philadelphia. Are you saying that sincerely? I am saying that sincerely. Of course I am. You can't deceive the audience. I mean, you can't. No, and that's why I picked the Giants. You can't pick the Niners just that, because of, of the, no, the fact you own Jets Eagles. I picked the Giants because I thought that the Giants were going to come in and upset the Eagles, and I was spectacularly wrong on that. My pick that I'm going to give whenever you ask me to give it for this upcoming game will be my true, honest thought. Now, I may be wrong because I was wrong this past week, and everybody's wrong, and there's nothing wrong with being wrong on a prediction. That's why it's a prediction. I may be wrong, but what I'm not looking forward to, regardless of what the pick may be, if I do pick the Eagles and they lose, I'm not looking forward to the aftermath of that. That I'm honestly looking forward less to that. If that's the case. You're going to be even more of a villain in this city than you already are. Well, You're already a pretty big villain. So you went from, I'm a trusted newsman to I'm a villain. You could be both. What a 180. Why, why can't you be, you, you be both? I mean, we all know you're a New Yorker at heart. No. That's okay. No. See, that's, that's factually incorrect. And when you tweeted last week that I'm a, basically a closet Giants fan, um, I actually, full disclosure, and I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, I got a message from one of my bosses after you sent out that tweet. I'm serious, asking if I wear a Lawrence Taylor jersey in my privacy. <laughs> and I and I turned. It's I, actually a tiki barber. And then and then I directed him to the quote tweet that I had with your tweet because I I'm gonna be you're right. I have to be honest. Honestly, I was not happy with the words that you put in that tweet about how I'm 
quote unquote a Giants fan, which is false. That's why, yeah, that's exactly what so, I So, which did. is why I quote tweeted, um, not a fan, but I do think the Giants are going to win the game. And obviously, I was wrong. So, why belabor the point, Tom? Let me let me describe the scene. May I may I describe the please, scene? Please, please. I don't mean to take over your show, but let me describe the scene. This is your show, Dave. No, it's not. Your segment. No, it's not. Um, so I, as I said last week, I'm going to bring in trash bags, right? I'm going to bring in the trash bags. So I brought in four trash bags. Three of them are on the floor right now under my feet, so that we don't get the nice carpets here at WIP and Philadelphia Odyssey messy once this egg is smashed over my head. So there's three trash bags on the floor. The fourth trash bag is for any articles of clothing that becomes too messy to wear today down the hall at KYW. That's what the fourth trash bag is for. I'm holding it in my right hand. This is, this is the trash bag. I don't know if you heard that or not. Yes, um, I have backup masks, backup COVID masks, because I, I, if you don't know, I wear masks all the time. That's I have ba- important. I have backup COVID masks. Even though I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my mask off, and here's why I'm going to take my mask off. Because when the video is taken and we have David Ash, editor, news production assistant, writer from KYW News Radio here in the studio taking video. Thank you to David for coming down and taking the video. When we put the video on social media, I figured if I have a mask on, I'm going to get crushed for having a mask on. So I'm going to take the mask off. Um, but I have backup masks as well. Uh, I brought in, I, you know I like to wear hats. I feel comfortable. I don't, whenever I'm not wearing a ball cap, I feel remarkably uncomfortable. So I, have, I, ha- I always wear hats. But I brought in a worn-down old hat that I had and not some of the newer hats that I've been wearing that my wife got me for the holidays because when I put my hat back on my head after you smack the egg over my head, I don't want the new, the nice new hats to get You're ruined. You're going to put the hat back on your head before you go, like, clean off? Oh, no. So here's why another. You, why so remember I that? told you how one of my bosses reached out to me last week about wondering if I'm a Giants fan, which I'm not. Another one of my bosses actually... Was it another? No, it's the same bo- boss. The same boss. Who are, are, you know, I might as well say who it is. Our, our news director, Kevin McCory. <laughs> okay. Right? Um, said, why don't you let the egg sit on your head for the first, you know, early parts of the show, the morning show down the hall on That's KYW. That's a great idea. That's so, a tremendous idea. So, I, so I'm not washing my head off right away. Um, but I, I'm going to put my hat back well, you, on. You can't probably. put the hat back on, though. That defeats the purpose as well. So I can't put my hat back no, on. No, you got to be sitting there with the egg on your head. That's the whole point. Like, what's the what's the point <laughs> so if you have a hat on? So we're not okay. Fine. So we're not cleaning up at all. But I'm, I came prepared just in case I was putting the hat. Eventually, the hat's going to go back on at some point, and I, I don't want it to be one of the newer hats. So that oh, and then and then to close up this description of of my setting here, I have on three layers of clothing. I have on um, a, vest. A, a jacket vest. Right, that needs to be cleaned anyway. Looks like something Marty McFly would wear I, in uh, Back I, I to the Future. I have on a jacket vest, a sweatshirt, over a polo because I'm gonna. I assume that I'm gonna need to remove at least, at least the the, the vest and maybe even the sweatshirt. What about your Lawrence Taylor jersey? Yeah, do yeah, not have seriously. a Lawrence Taylor jersey. Do not own a Lawrence. Do not own one piece of Giants clothing. My wife does because she's from New York, but I, I changed her to a Eagles fan. Oh, I didn't we know didn't know about this. Wait, wait, okay. Does your wife know you're doing this and why? Oh, my wife My wife wants video of this. Oh, okay. Um, no, so she's from New York, right? She grew up in New York, but when we met, she all of a sudden became an Eagles fan. Uh, I, by the way, I just got to mention, I, I heard you uh, in Coach Sirianni's press conference. I was so hoping that he was going to call you out. 
He doesn't know who person. I am. I know, but it would have been great. No, I'm serious. He doesn't. He knows. Would, me. I mean, he who knows? knows? He could no, be driving no, into Novacare no, listening right now. No, he he could, knows. This could be his favorite. He knows segment. just about every media member by name uh, that covers the Eagles regularly. Trust me, he does not who I know who I am. I'm not there often enough. He he doesn't know who I am. He may recognize me because I'm the only human now in society that wears a mask. It feels like, <laughs> um, but no, he does not know who 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 I am. No. So. All right. Well, should we let's let's get on with this, Dave? All right. I'm, I'm very anxious. So here's what's gonna happen. Paul Giles is gonna count us down, and Tom's gonna walk across the table. There it is. Tom Kelly just cracked an egg right over Dave Uram's head. It is dripping down the front of his face. David Ash down from KYW getting the whole thing on video. It appears to be uh, quite messy. Dave Uram about to turn his microphone back I'm on. I'm not putting been, my headphones back on. I've been waiting for that on. moment not for a long time. So, uh, one thing I did not think on. about was my headphones. And these are these are expensive uh, <laughs> Sony MDR7506 professional dynamic stereo headphones. And that, which is why I'm bringing my, which is why I brought in a hat. I'm not going to put my headphones back on because I'm not ruining these. These are expensive headphones. That's fair enough. One thing I did not factor in. First of all, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Second of all, um, one thing I did not factor in is that now I have a big stain. (laughs) Now I have a big stain of uh, egg yolk on my jeans. Uh, I do not have backup jeans. So So right above my right knee, my right, like, um, upper leg area, right above my right knee, is a big stain, which I'm sure can you know be washed out with some water. Uh, the the full egg, uh, thankfully, is on one of the trash bags beneath me, um, with the with the yellow yolk, uh, you know, spread out and whatnot. We did not get any on the floor, so I'm I'm happy about that. I don't know what this looks like like right now. So could you describe? I mean, what it I look looks like? uncomfortable. Maybe I should have cracked it a little more toward the back of the head, so the yolk would have stayed on the top. It did fall off to the to the jeans, but I do think it's funny that Dave thought he accounted for every possible scenario, and the one thing you didn't bring extra of is the thing well, now it looks need. like he wet his jeans, which is great. <laughs> right. So yeah, it all worked out. So when anybody uh, <laughs> whenever when somebody asks, oh, how did it go this morning? I don't, you know, I don't, oh, and I guess I got a little bit of egg yolk on my uh, my right forearm. So the, I don't think I have to change much of my clothes. In fact, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to leave the. I am not changing any article of clothing. You will see if you come into Odyssey headquarters today, or if you, know, you see me, you know, somewhere in Philadelphia. Now, how long are you going to sit like this? Like this? Yes. What in this like, very like, seat? No, when you go back to your workstation at KYW. Oh, you know what? It's not. It's. It's honestly like. Here's the thing. So I'm feeling my head right now. Um. It's not on the back of my head. It's more so on the front of my head, top of my head, front top of my head. I don't know. I think you should sit. What do you think, Dave? You Little, should sit there all you day know, like honestly, this? Honestly, it's, no? it's, it's not as bad as I thought it would be, and I'm pretty confident that I'm probably not going to do anything with it. I'm just going to leave it be and sit like this, and, you know, when I get home, I'll take a shower or whatever. Well, there and again, I have, the, I have my hat, which you thankfully did not get egg on. I have my hat. Uh, to put on later today. No but mask it, and no it, hat. Truthfully, it was not as bad as I thought it would be. It does not make me regret that I made it an objective yet extraordinarily wrong pick 
the, the other day with the Giants. Uh, and I'm happy to, to take the egg on my head as a as an honorable man of the fair friendly wager. Well, I respect you for living up to your uh, living up to your word, Dave. My COVID mask back. You, you, you took the uh, egg on your head, and uh, as for the game, I mean, let's talk a little bit about the game now. Now that uh, you know the festivities are over with, what did impress you the most about that game? Because it was a dominating performance from the Eagles. Just that the that they weren't rusty. That they that they were right from the jump, and they came out and they looked excellent. Uh, which was a tremendous sign going into this week. That's what stood out to me most is they didn't have an ounce of rust, and they dominated straight from the jump. Uh, the, I, you know what? I didn't even think about it. I totally forgot the whole, you know, look them in the eye and point at them until they're running right down your throat. I totally forgot about that until you played it in the previous segment. Um, I did watch the, the um, mic'd up inside the NFL portion of the Eagles-Giants that, that, that Paramount Plus had last night. Uh, and I know that BG said what he said at the coin toss, but I didn't put two and two together until you brought up what you did last segment. So Brandon Graham clearly listens to what I to what I suggested. Well, I'll right. give credit Look, to Dan. Dan texted me that, and he's like, Brandon Graham did exactly what you were told him to do. This looked, is exactly he went what he up to game. Dexter Lawrence. He said, "We're gonna run <laughs> right by. We're gonna run right by you, or whatever he said." Um, so yeah, they did exactly what they had to do. Uh, and it's very encouraging going into Sundays. What is no question, as the egg yolk starts to drip down further down my forehead right now in little drips, there's no question that this is their toughest game of the season. There's no qu- So far, there's no question. If they do make it past it, no question, toughest game of the season. Well, we, I will say, Dave, this is a pretty funny visual right now. You look very uncomfortable. Can you describe? You look what, very what, uncomfortable. You look very uncomfortable all, as it look, drips. Da- it's no. dripping down your face. Let, a little let's bit, clarify something. The side of your head. I look uncomfortable all the time. So true. All right. So what what's happening right now? I I can't see myself. What's what's happening, happening right now is the yolk seems to be dripping, uh, very very slowly. David is getting a a close up there. Uh, down like the side of your head, not really down the front of your face, um, but it, it just looks extremely uncomfortable. It looks like, it, it, you know, as it's dripping down, you know, it looks like something you'd want to wash out of your hair immediately. May I ask, how much that egg costs? Eggs are really expensive these days. I don't know. My, my, I mean, I have a oh, whole carton picked, over you here. You just picked it out of the fridge? Yeah, I can. I took. I brought the whole carton. That I didn't thing's wanna... been sitting out of the fridge? How long has that thing been sitting out of the fridge I just brought it in the last segment. Oh, okay. I just brought it in the last um, segment. Uh, so... I thought it was going to hurt, honestly. You know, like like, like when you get like um, I don't know, like like we go to the doctor's office and and you get a shot for some reason, right? It pokes a little bit, right? Right. I thought it was honestly going to hurt. It didn't hurt. Th- that egg was like was was thick. It was strong, and it was almost protective from your. Did you now? Did you did you smack? Did you have open fist when you smell, or you just like? I just did a little little. Straight down, so it didn't. Slap with it, it didn't hurt at all. As now it starts to drip down past my right eye, uh, it's like a tears dripping down my face. Yes, uh, it did not hurt at all. Um, it really wasn't that bad. Um, would I do it again? Probably not. But it does not hurt at all. It did not hurt. It felt. It just felt like somebody smashed an egg on my head, like a small little object on my head that cracked open. And and I think more of it got on my jeans than it did actually my head. But I don't see my head right now. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's some in your hair, it looks like. doesn't look like too bad on your face. But uh, but let's talk about this week then, Dave, as we look ahead to the NFC Championship game. Eagles-Niners, what do, you think is the, uh, what do you think is the key to this game? They're so evenly matched, right? These are the two best teams in the NFC, clearly. 
so evenly matched. Both defenses are really good. What's fascinating is, remember I said last week the Eagles need to run the ball against the Giants? I don't know, I don't know if you can do that this week against the 49ers. They're the, what, the second, this regular season, they were the number two rushing defense in football, giving up less than 100 yards a game. You, you might not be able to do that against this team. But in the regular season, while they were so good against the run, they were not as good against the pass. They gave up 222 passing yards a game, which was 20th in the NFL. So this might be that big game for A.J. Brown, for Devontae Smith, for Goddard, right? That, that's where this big game might be. Um, really evenly matched. I think it's going to be low scoring. I, I'm, I think the X factor in this game, because these teams are so evenly matched, I think this game is going to come down to quarterback play. I think this game's going to come down to quarterback play because both defenses are going to make it hard for the opposing team. Whichever quarterback plays better, and they may not play well, but whichever quarterback plays better, I think will win the game. I think that's what this game comes down to. Well, that's leading me to, uh, to believe one thing, but... Dave, let's get your official. I know I'm going to want your prediction on the other game as well, and I will have a couple questions to ask you about that. But let's get your prediction. So, as I as I said, this game's going to come down to which quarterback plays better. Low-scoring game, anxious, nail-biting, coming down, fourth quarter at the loud link. Fans are going to be a huge part of this game too. I think it's going to be a close score. Of 21-20. And the team that's going to Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona will be the Philadelphia Eagles because Jalen Hurts will cement himself as the MVP of the season with stellar play that shows he is the X factor in this game. Now, I had no concerns about this game until you just made that prediction. Now I do. See, this, this because is, you're spectacularly wrong. This quite a is lot. this is why. Actually, as a matter of fact, I've picked the Eagles a lot this season, and I've gotten close on a lot of scores. I'll give you an example. In Week 18, right? I think I predicted. I, I don't remember what the exact score was that I predicted of the Week 18 matchup against the Giants backups, but I think I had the Eagles only winning by like 10 or something like that, and it ended up being a rather close game. I've predicted – I've been pretty spot on with my predictions this season because I've pre- predicted the Eagles most of the time. Um, and, and I picked Dallas on, this, on Christmas Eve, and I was right about that as well. Okay, don't go back bragging about the picks you got right. All right so, so, anyway, so, so anyway, so anyway, so anyway. But you're right. You're correct. Because of the really dumb pick that I made the previous week. And I said last week, I said, if the Eagles show that they can be the team that we've seen all season and they beat the Giants – then I'm convinced they'll beat whoever comes into the link. And I'm going to stay with that. I think they're going to beat the 49ers. But if I'm wrong, then yes, then I'm the jinx. There's no, I mean, I, do, if, if you believe in that stuff, and I don't necessarily know if I believe in that stuff, but I just know how it's going to end up coming out. If I'm wrong and the Eagles lose, guys like you, folks like you, fans like you, will come back at me and say, you should not have picked the Eagles to win the game. You should have picked the 49ers. If the Eagles lose, it's your fault. I'm already proclaiming that. Like and You that will be blamed, tape. and I will be pushing that that very strongly next week. That is on tape. That, that is on tape. So you can come back and you can play that back. So if, the, if you were picking the Eagles to go to Super Bowl 57, Dave, who will they be playing? Will it be a reunion 
with Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. Do you think the Chiefs win or do you think the Bengals win the AFC? I think the Patrick Mahomes injury is really concerning. Um, because we saw what happened in, in Super Bowl 55 when Mahomes was not 100%. They lost to the Buccaneers. And their, their offensive line was also a mess in that game, right. too. They lost Fisher the week before, and that was really cool. I think the Mahomes injury is concerning, but I still think that he's the spectacular Patrick Mahomes, and it won't be enough to beat the Chiefs, and I think it's going to be the Chiefs, and I I, I, I think we're going to have one, if, if, if I'm correct. And honestly, right now, Tom, i got to be true. Can, can, I be, can I be frank? Can I be please, honest? Please, please, Dave. So I'm picking the Eagles because I, I think that they're so evenly matched, but I think being at home and I think with Jalen, I think they have the slight edge over the 49ers, even though San Francisco's really good. Um, i got to be honest. After I was spectacularly wrong against the Giants, and this is just, and this is just in terms of me and my thought process in picking games, I even have a little bit of doubt in in the way that I pick games at this point. Um, you should. You're wrong I, a lot. I no, that's the thing. I have not been this season, but I was so amazingly wrong the previous week. Um, but I have a little doubt in myself right now. But if if did you pick against the Phillies every single series? Yeah, I, and you know what? I I was really wrong with that. Um, besides <laughs> the World Series, but the reason because I just was waiting for them to come back down to earth, and they never did. Um. So yes, they've. I really, I, I, I was, con, I was really, um, I really thought that there was that they were going to blow um, the wild card, not the not the series, but making the wild card with the way they were playing late September, early October. But they didn't end up doing that, and they ended up going it wrong. So yes, I was wrong about every Philly series, every Philly series except for the World Series. Um, but this Eagles season, I've been right in my predictions most of the time. So there's, but there's a little bit of doubt right now. But if 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 it goes back to the way it was, and I'm making smart, correct predictions, then it's going to be Nick Sirianni's Eagles against Andy Reid's Chiefs in Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona. How do you feel about Andy, Dave? Because before we wrap up here, I just wanted to, because I personally don't want to play Andy in the Super Bowl. I feel like they'd be conflicting emotions. I don't want to see. For you, know, you or for, 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 for me? For me. I don't want to see Andy Reid lose the Super Bowl at the hands of the Eagles. I would have a. Obviously, I'd be happy the Eagles win the Super Bowl, but I'd feel bad for Andy. I love Andy Reid. He's one of my favorite coaches in the history of the city. How do you feel about Andy? You're not one, Please tell me you're not one of the Andy haters. I don't know if I'm a hater. I mean, he definitely—this is the way I've always viewed Andy. This is the way I've always viewed Andy. There's no question that he was really successful when he was here. Tons of wins, competitive playoff appearances in the nine. I thought Jim Johnson's defense had a lot to do with it. You can't deny that. I thought Jim Johnson's defenses were a huge part of that. The thing that always stuck out to me about Andy is that he rarely won that big game. They were 1-4 in the NFC Championship game. Um, And Reed's lost AFC Championship games with Kansas City. He's been to a lot of them. Um, And he's been to two Super Bowls with Kansas City, but he's also lost AFC Championship games like last year. The thing that always... So this is the way I view Andy Reid's era. Really successful. Arguably the most successful tenure in the history of the franchise. And you can make a really strong argument for it. And it will be hard to argue against, even though Doug ended up winning the Super Bowl. And that's the best season in franchise history to this point. Um, the thing with Andy is he never won that NFC Championship game, except for one time. 
Um, and he should have won it against the Bucks at the Vet. It's just an inexcusable loss. He, they should have beaten the Panthers, and they most certainly should have beaten the Cardinals if they didn't get off to a slow start in Glendale. Um, so the way I've always viewed Andy Reid's era is that it was incomplete. It was incomplete because they always fell short. So if the Eagles end up playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 57, the way that I'm going to view it is that Andy is just the next opponent for the Eagles. That's the way that I'm going to view it. That clearly, you're going to have conflicting emotions. But the way that I'm going to view it is that this is the next opponent for the Eagles. Very and emotionless. That's the, that's the game I got to assess. Very cold-hearted and emotionless. But I don't view it the same I'll, way. I'll I, ask you this question. Uh, yes, because we got to get back down the hall. Yes, I'll, I'll ask you this question. When you look at Andy Reid's totality of his coaching career, is he an Eagle or is he a Chief? In my mind, he's an Eagles coach. But in, in nationally, in most people's minds. He's going to be a Chiefs coach, and I think that's sad because, you know, I, I he's the coach of my childhood. Like, he gave me a lot of great memories as an Eagles fan, but ultimately most people are going to look at him as a Chiefs coach, no doubt about it. I mean, that's where he won his Super Bowl. He's had equally as much success with Kansas City, but more success with Kansas City because he won that Super Bowl than he did in Philadelphia. But I'll always look at him as an Eagle, but I think most people will view him as a Chief. For as successful as he was in Philadelphia – I think you're right. I think he will be remembered more as a Kansas City Chief, whether he wins another Super Bowl with them or not. I think he'll be remembered more for that tenure than he will be for the Eagles. And I assume eventually he's going to go into the Hall of Fame. That's what they're going to highlight. They're going to highlight his success with Mahomes and his success with the Chiefs, despite how successful he was with Donovan, minus winning those big NFC championship games. Well, no, no doubt. Well, Dave, you're an honorable man. Thanks for coming in and paying off your debt. Uh, what do you have on KYW this You're morning? going to hear from Gannon and Steichen this morning on KYW News Radio as we preview this big Eagles 49ers game. A little bit of credit for Jonathan Gannon, Well, yeah, perhaps, I'll, I'll tell you, you what. I'll tell you what. If, they, if, if, if the Eagles have a big win and Gannon's defense has a big day or if Steichen calls an unbelievable game against that 49ers defense, Either or, or both. If if that type of success happens, it's basically cementing that, that one or both of them are getting head coaching jobs. They're basically coaching. Not only are they coaching for a trip to the Super Bowl, but, they're, but they could really make a strong case for head coaching jobs if they do well against that team that's won 12 games in a row. I think they're both gone. But we'll we'll see how it goes. But Dave, thank you for coming I in. Clean up this mess that's underneath. <laughs> that's Dave Uram, KYW News Radio, uh, paying off his debt. Uh, so thanks to Dave for coming in as always. Well, now Two- it's starting to feel sticky <laughs> on my head. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. I'm Tom Kelly. I'll be back in a minute. Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Wednesday morning filling in for John Johnson. John in uh, for Angelo today. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Some of the things we're talking about uh, throughout the show tonight, obviously the big uh, crescendo, Dave Uram getting his uh, getting the egg cracked over his head. How would you enjoy that, Dan? Did you uh, – did you think that went well, you Ram getting the egg cracked over his head? I enjoyed it a lot. I'm looking forward to this video that uh, David Ash down from KOW. Thank you to David Ash for coming down and doing that, by Thank the way. you to David Ash for coming down and Camera Guy filming the whole thing. And uh, thank he, you to Jolly for counting us down. Uh, absolutely. I mean, where would we be without the Jolly countdown? Really set the scene for it, I thought. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to watching the video. I only got like a behind the scenes view. Uh, you know, as far as grading your egg crack, I give it about a B. I agree. You could have gone a little bit higher on the head. Probably could have gone a little bit harder from being on honest. Like you kind of went like you think. You think I thought I did it pretty hard. I mean, I was worried about. I was worried about not going hard enough, and because that would have been embarrassing, you know, I mean, getting filmed. I wanted to make sure it was. A, it was. Hard. I'll have to analyze the tape, right, and Re- decide. You know, film you, study. Film study. Got to look at it. You know, this is like just an immediate post game press conference here. How do I think it went? I thought it went pretty well. Uh, it was funny to see Uram with quite literally egg on his face do the segment. Uh, he was very concerned that it was going to get all over the carpet. The trash bags got it. Uh, I thought it was funny to see his jeans all wet. Uh, I also thought it was funny that he, like, just basically thought of every possible angle of preparation and did not Except about, the one thing that, yeah. Except for the one headphone thing, and he's going to be thinking about that the rest of the day. But all in all, very funny. Good good stuff. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But some of the things we're talking about tonight, obviously, the NFC Championship game this weekend. And I have no concerns. I really don't. And it it almost makes me feel uneasy how confident I am, but I'm extremely confident in this game. And last Saturday night showed me all I need to see from this team. And I understand the Giants are not the 49ers. I understand we are dealing with a different level of competition this week as opposed to what we were last week. But to me, that doesn't really even matter because it's about the Eagles. Like when the Eagles are playing at their top level, they are significantly better than anybody in this conference. And I look at this matchup, I think this is a great matchup for the Eagles. It's why I wanted San Fran over Dallas, quite frankly. Now, in retrospect, see the way Dallas played last Sunday, Eagles would have beaten them too, and that probably would have been more fun. So, you know, uh, looking back, probably would have been more, you know, fun for Dallas to have won that game and to end their season next year. But it is still also enjoyable, the fact they haven't been to a championship game in however many years. But the Eagles aren't losing this game. Like, they're going to dominate up front offensively, the Niners can't keep up with the Eagles. Brock Purdy coming into Philadelphia, and again, I can't I can't stress this enough. This is the one thing that I can't get past here. Brock Purdy is not coming in and winning this game, and it's really as simple as that. Like, the Eagles are not going to lose that quarterback. The Eagles are not going to have trouble stopping that offense. Brock Purdy looked skittish last week. He looked scared last week in a home game against the Dallas Cowboys defense. This defense is better. This environment is extremely difficult to play in, especially in these kind of big games. You know, we've seen it time and time again rattle quarterbacks. We saw it five years ago to Case Keenum. Case Keenum being a backup, you know, obviously. But Case Keenum, a guy who was experienced. Brock Purdy is a seventh-round rookie going through this for the first time. I don't think that this goes well for him. I think the Eagles win this game, and I think they win it easily. I'm taking the Eagles 34-13. to I want to know if you feel as confident as I feel heading into this weekend. 215-592-9494. And the other question we were talking about earlier and asking, do you want Andy Reid in the Super Bowl? Because I don't. Like, I feel conflicted about that matchup. Well, I root for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Obviously, I'll root for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. But I don't want to beat Andy. Like, I don't want that kind of situation where you're going against a, a, a beloved coach. And I know not everybody feels the way that I feel about Andy, but I think for the enlightened part of the fan base, the people that appreciate what a good coach did, and because quite frankly, I, I 
Andy Reid is a big part of why the Eagles are perennial contenders. Eagles were never that before. For all the idolizing that's done around here of Buddy Ryan, this organization didn't do anything with Buddy Ryan. They never even won a playoff game. Andy made this a respectable franchise. Andy made this a perennial contender. Andy set the standard that we look at today. Like now, NFC Championship games, Super Bowls, those are the standard that Andy Reid set. And yeah, I'd feel conflicted about beating him in that spot. I want the Bengals to win for that reason. Uh, Quite frankly, I think the Bengals will. I think the Bengals are going to win that game. But I don't want to play Andy, and I want to know if you feel the same way um, and whether you would relish beating Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. Uh, I would. 215-592-9494. But one other thing that I wanted to get to here, and this is something that's been, you know, kind of bothering me a little bit for weeks. But uh, it came to a head on Saturday night. Um, and Or tales. Uh, yeah, or tales. Good point, Dan. But obviously one of the big storylines coming out of that game, uh, the Eagles losing the coin toss, getting the ball first, and going down and scoring. Uh, and Merrill Reese even talked about it. This was Merrill late in the game on Saturday night uh, talking about what, predicting what he believed the storyline would be the following day. Tomorrow the story is lose the coin toss and take the ball. <laughs> You're a funny guy. Perfect. Lose the coin toss and take the ball. And obviously a lot of people have talked about this, and I'm just so tired about this discussion. Like, I, first of all, it's not that big of a deal what happens in the coin toss. Second of all, you should typically defer. Like, it's the better option to defer. It's better to get the ball to start the second half. And here was Nick Sirianni talking about it and giving his thoughts on what goes in to that uh, decision. Yeah, of course. That we always we always think through all those things. Um, and, every, and each game's treated a little bit differently. You know, I know um, it's perceived that that's all we do is, is defer – but there's times we win the toss or we lose the toss and we don't have a have a choice at the at the matter. So those are those are games too that nobody really knows what we're doing. Like I, I just don't understand why this is such a polarizing topic. Like typically you want the ball to start the second half. Like that's where it's more advantageous, especially when you're the home team. And here was Brandon Graham the other night, you know, talking about the beginning of this game. And how crazy the fans are going to be. Uh, here's Brandon on, on that issue. Please, baby, come out there and just be y'all. Yell, scream. Make sure you make it hard for Purdy when he come in here and let him know this is our house. Now, you have a rabid crowd, like, to start a game. And obviously, it worked for the Eagles this past week. Great. And, you know, certain times, things are going to work out that way. But you have a rabid fan base coming in. Beginning of the NFC Championship game. A seventh-round rookie on the other side. You want to put your defense out first. Like, you don't want the crowd going nuts when your offense is on the field. The crowd is going to be in a frenzy to start that game. You want to defer. And I don't know why people get so outraged about the Eagles deferring. I don't know why this is so difficult to understand. And I know the idea, we're going to take the ball and we're going to shove it down your throat. Great. And it worked for the Eagles this past week. But typically, deferring is the right decision. They're not just doing this for the hell of it. Like, and I know people don't like numbers. They don't like statistics. They don't like analytics, but those things tell you this is typically the right move to make. Dan, what is your take on it? I mean, I say if the Eagles win the coin toss this week, there's no doubt. And I believe they will do it. Defer, put the Niners offense on the field, put Brock Purdy on the field. You know, you'll get the ball second, you get the ball to start the second half. That's what you should want. That's what you should want in this type of situation. I 
pretty much always want the ball in the second half. I want the ball because if you're losing, you want the ball to start your comeback. If you're tied, then it's basically boiled down to a 30-minute game and you want the ball. And if you're up, you're keeping the ball out of your opponent's hands. And especially at home, to the point of your crowd's fired up to start the game, put Brock Purdy on or whoever the opposing quarterback and the opposing offense is on the field to start. You get your defense. Nothing is more exciting than like a three and out from the jump. And you put your offense on the field at the quietest point in the game when people are coming back from the bathroom in concessions. Why would you want Brock Purdy and the 49ers to have an offensive drive when the crowd is at its quietest to begin the third quarter? It, it just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And if you want to get in 215-592-9494, what would you want the Eagles to do if they win the coin toss? Because I'm just, more than anything, I'm just so tired. Of this, I'm so tired. Say, the answer of what I want here um, is for this conversation to go away. I can't believe how much attention every, it's been getting. It's every week. It's every week the discussion. And I love Merrill. Merrill's great. Merrill's a legend. But Merrill just on the harping on the coin toss thing. Oh, he was enjoying himself. It was like six or seven times the other night. He was really enjoying himself because, again, they had that opening drive. It did because it's the idea of like quote unquote setting a tone. For the game, which I get. That opening drive the Eagles had the other day was a masterpiece, and they never look back. But are we pretending the Eagles, like, wouldn't have blown out the Giants if they were on defense first? Right. That's another part about it. Like, it's very, it's honestly rather inconsequential. Like, you're going to get the ball either start the game or start the second half. It's really not, you know, that big of a difference. You want in this situation, though, especially, especially this week, there is no fundamental argument. For the Eagles taking the ball. There is no reason why you would want the ball first in this situation. Going up against Brock Purdy, playing at home in the NFC Championship game, there's no logical reason to want the ball first. The Eagles should defer. I'm tired of this conversation. I'm tired of people complaining about it every week. This is like the one week where the coin toss zealots can can have their fun and, and talk about, you know, you should receive, you should take the ball every single week. No, you shouldn't. Typically deferring is the right move I hope that's what the Eagles do I'm sure it's what they will do um and I, I just I I can't I can't take this ridiculous discussion what anymore. does it say about a coaching staff so good and like a team that's so good that you have members of the fan base quite literally rooting against the like them getting the coin toss correct because you believe like the one thing they do wrong is defer the ball right and it's like, and like it, shouldn't we trust them? They, they've been doing this all year, and, and they've been pretty good doing it. The answer is yes. And no, like, the storyline of that game was not the Eagles losing the toss. And again, like, if the Eagles would have, would have, you know, chosen to, to, to defer, won the toss and deferred, does that game end any differently? No. It probably ends the exact same way. Um, the Eagles still win. The Eagles still win big. And I don't think it changes a thing. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Wednesday morning. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you for another few segments here. If you want to get in, 
nine four nine four. Still a few things that we need to uh, to get to uh, in the next segment. We'll talk a little bit about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Did their voting last night, and a notable former Philly got in, and I'm I'm, I'm interested to see how how people view him. So we'll get to that in a few minutes, and also a really big uh, reunion tonight going on in South Philadelphia that would have been a, a, a massive deal a year ago. Not so much now, uh, but uh, we'll get to that as well uh, coming up. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Joe in Westchester. What's happening, Joe? Uh, Tom, I'm one of the uninformed that believes that the uh, that the Eagles should, in some cases, take the uh, ball and they win the coin toss. Um Two, three weeks ago, I think it was New Orleans, they go on an opening uh, game drive, a nine-minute drive, in which they take the air out of the balloon in the stadium, and the coaching staff, obviously, for nine minutes, sitting on the sidelines saying, uh-oh, we have to throw the ball now, we're behind. We're nine minutes into this game, and they've already gone up on a seven to nothing. So it is important, in my eyes, to... Uh, Take the ball sometimes when it's important that you get a lead. You're going to have a rabid fan base there uh, Sunday, and you don't want to lose them if something like that happens against what I consider the second-best team in the uh, NFL. But, but Joe, I'll ask you this question. Like, what do you? Why do you really think the Eagles lost that game? Do you think it was because they didn't get the ball first, or do you think it was because Gardner Minshew was playing quarterback? Nick I mean, Sirianni. Nick Sirianni says it all the time, okay? Get off to a you, – you believe Nick Sirianni, right? Yeah, It's of important to get off to a quick start, okay? That was the classic game. Nine minutes, everybody's sitting on their hands, and the defense or the offensive coaches are thinking, oh, we're already behind, okay? So I think it is important that you get off to a quick start sometimes. Now – it's, but but Joe, they didn't. Joe, ball. that's not a situation where they panicked and decided to throw the ball because they were down seven nothing. They script they sure those did. plays anyway. No, no, it's not, Joe. I mean, yeah, they threw the ball three times on the first series. The second series, they ran the ball three times, and the same result happened. The second I, drive of that game, they ran the ball three straight times and went three well, and out. Are you t- are, is, is it New Orleans you're talking about? Yeah, New Orleans. Okay. Well, all I know is in, in that game they did not run the ball in the first half. Okay, all they did was throw the ball, with few exceptions. And that's what's gotten them, in my eyes, in trouble for the, for the few losses that, that they've had. Last week was a good example of balance. They had the 26th worst defense in football, and they decided that they should run and pass in the first half. And guess what? They smoked the team. Okay, so that's the other issue I have with the coaching staff. But let me get to Andy Reid. I'm part of the unenlightened oh. folks out here that believes Andy Reid, the reason I'm not a big fan of Andy Reid, I don't hate Andy Reid, but the reason I'm not a fan is because Andy Reid spent 14 years here telling people nothing. That was his goal in his press conference. Donovan McNabb bragged about it one time. Donovan McNabb, as you might know, is a communications major. And a communications major, to my amazement, told the media guys that Andy and I have a, a joke after every game 
of how little we can tell the media. All right? That's the fan base that they're not talking to. All right? The other thing, obviously, is the amount of criminals that Andy Reid oh put on God. his football team. Joe. Oh, your God, my ass. That's a fact. Whether you think it's okay, if you think it's okay, that's your issue, okay? But I don't. That, that, the reason that. I like the Eagles this year is because they have so many character players on their the, the team. Yeah, I, I hear you, Joe, and I appreciate the call. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not even gonna gonna get into that that issue with with dealing with Andy Reid. And as far as the the thing with the media, what do you want him to say? Like seriously, what do you want Andy Reid to come out and say after games? You want to throw players under the bus? Like you think that's gonna go over well in the locker room? And, and just so you know, like I, talking to Ike over the years, that's something the players appreciated. Like they appreciated that. A lot. The fact that Andy would come out after games, he wouldn't throw people under the bus. Like, is that what you want your coach to do? I don't think that would be, uh, you know, something that's going to endear you to the locker room. I don't think that's something that's going to get players to play for you. I mean, I don't, like, Nick Sirianni talks a lot, but what does he really tell us that's in-depth? Does he really go in-depth on these issues? It's just the way that things are said. Just because Andy would, you know, be more blunt about it. I don't know, Dan. Like, does Nick Sirianni, do you feel like you get a, a ton from what he says, like, in depth? I don't I don't feel that. Like, I, I don't feel you like feel, you're getting a ton. You feel like a level. I'm not suggesting that Andy Reid's not passionate. I think they're totally two different, to, two totally different personalities. You get, I think, a sense of passion for the game out of Nick Sirianni, and you get a lot of rambling about whatever, and he's got a lot to say about a lot of things. But, no, most coaches don't go into – like very specific things, and, and, and I, like I love Nick Sirianni, but like I, I'm not, I'm not getting anything when he goes and talks about Larry Karras and you know his playing football with his brothers. That's not enlightening. Or Mount Union, he loves to <laughs> right. go back to those days or Pizza Hut. I mean, he he says more about like stupid stuff or calling out Angelo or whatever the key. Like, I think Sirianni's press conferences are, are entertaining, no like, doubt. Like but... he has more fun with that stuff. He's got a little bit more personality, I guess you could say. Andy Reid was kind of like all business all the time. But you know what? Like that was his style. Not all coaches are going to have that that banter, that back and forth and be like, "Less now I call on you." Like Andy Reid wasn't going to do that. That just wasn't him. Right. And you know, whatever. You don't want to you don't appreciate him. You don't appreciate the fact that he made this a franchise that mattered because this wasn't a franchise that mattered before Andy Reid got here. Nationally. Just wasn't. Like, and you can deny that if you want, but it's true. Nationally, in, you know, the history of football, this was a franchise that was clearly the fourth in the division, well behind the Giants, the Cowboys, and Washington, and now they're perennially, you know, the best in the division. So... Uh, you know, if you want to not appreciate that and you want to say Andy choked and all this other stuff, that's fine, but you're wrong. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, Matt, we'll get to you when we get back. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Wednesday morning. If you want to get into 215-592-9494. And that that last call right there, I'm sorry, I forget the gentleman's name. 
Uh, Dan, I'm not sure if you remember uh, what his name was. I, I, I apologize because I should give him credit because he's exactly the reason why I don't want the Eagles to play Andy in the Super Bowl. Like, that's exactly why I don't want it to happen because I don't want that group of fans to get enjoyment out of the Eagles beating Andy in the Super Bowl. I, I just don't want it. And, and you know, I, I, I just he's, – he never has gotten enough credit. He never will amongst some of the fan base – I think most I'd like to think that most people appreciate Andy. I like to think most people appreciate Donovan, even though I know a I was lot gonna of say so don't. Super Bowl in Arizona, Eagles organization versus Andy Reid. Who's Donovan root for in that game? I mean, that's that's an interesting question. Um tune in Marks and Reese at four PM next week. Knowing I guess. Donovan. Uh, well, I, I I don't know Donovan, but just I feel like we all feel like we know Donovan. Donovan would play both sides. Donovan would act like he's rooting for the Eagles, but you know Donovan's rooting for Andy in that game. You, there's no doubt in my mind that he's rooting that, for Andy to be. Yes, Eagles. there is no doubt in my mind. Donovan is rooting for Andy to win that game and not the Eagles. I just just my my I, assumption. It, there. It's it's just interesting to think about. Yeah, it is interesting where a guy to think like about. it like him would. Come down on something like that. I believe Donovan would be rooting for Andy to win that game, personally. Um, It'll be – that's actually something I will be – I know you're rooting against this storyline. It, I I mean, it would be great for the station and for the I city. There's say, no doubt like, about that. I'm thinking about all the angles to this, like hearing all the old former players come back and, like, give their predictions. and Like, we know, like, Ike works at the station. He, he bleeds green. Like, he would be rooting for the Eagles. Yeah. But how about the players who aren't around all the time? Like, where would they come down on this? I'm talking about, like, guys who spent significant time here. The McNabs of the world. The Brian Westbrooks of the world. The Brian Dawkins of the world. Like, where do they – who would they root for? It's probably split, depending on how they feel about Andy. Like, how they – you know, left left town and stuff like that. Because they might I like think... the organization, but really what's consistent anymore other than Jeff Lurie's the owner? Right. Not not a whole – I mean, Howie was there through it all. So Howie, But it was Joe Banner who was the right. GM. But, but uh, I, think, I think most people look at Howie as an extension of Joe Banner. Like, Howie was a Joe Banner guy. You know, he was kind of an extension of Banner in a way. Like, he's kind of Banner's protege, so – it would be it would be really interesting uh, to see how it would play out, and there's no doubt. I mean, storyline wise, that's got to be what the NFL's rooting for, right? Like, either I, I would say from an NFL perspective, they definitely want the Eagles to win the NFC game. Like, I don't think there's any doubt that that's better for business. The Eagles win. Jalen Hurts is a marketable, you know, good looking kid. They can try to sell him. Um, they want quarterbacks, so you know, they certainly would want Jalen in the Super Bowl over Brock Purdy. And then I think as far as, you know, the AFC game, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, either way, you kind of win there. So uh, interesting uh, both ways, but I definitely think the NFL would prefer for the Eagles to win the NFC game. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. We'll get to Matt in a second here. But uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame was voted on last night. And, you know, it's not something that I pay a ton of attention to anymore. Uh you know, with all the the steroids guys, who qualifies, who doesn't qualify. You know, some voters have one set of criteria; other voters have a completely different set of criteria. I think it's it's kind of kind of silly, and it makes it difficult for guys to get in. But 
one former Philly got in last night, um, and it was Scott Rowland. And Scott Rowland, speaking of people like Andy, who have kind of a complicated legacy here, Scott Rowland's another one who was a really good player on some bad teams, obviously left Philadelphia on not great of terms right before the team got good and went on their their deep run. And, you know, as somebody of, of my age at the time, like I was a teenager when Scott Rowland played here for the most part, um, you know, la- later, like what what year did Rowland come up? Like 97? I think it was 96 to 02 here. Okay, 96 to 02. So, okay, I was like, you know, 9 to 14 in that range, whatever. Um, you know, I liked Scott Rowland. I obviously kind of didn't like him as much when he he left, but I kind of feel somewhat ambivalent. Like, I don't have this hatred to Scott Rowland. Many people do. I think part of it comes from the fact that the Phillies ended up being good after he left. So yeah, it's like he demanded a trade, and then they immediately got good after he left. So right. It's like, Would so they have what? been better if he stayed? Probably. Yeah, but. I mean, on the field, he had he was quite literally now a Hall of Famer. Like, And he had some of his best years right around then. He went and won a World Series with St. Louis. He would have been an upgrade over Pedro Feliz, but he was a bit of a weird guy. Like, But could you really blame him for wanting, wanting to get out of Philadelphia? Like, He was a really good player with a promising career, wanted to spend the years all of his prime with a winner. And St. Louis was like or like definitely a better organization. Well, the, and the term that everybody got mad about was when he called it baseball heaven and everybody took exception to that here, but Dan as somebody of you know, you're eight, like how do you feel about Scott Rowland? Is his tenure, you know, were you too young to even really remember Scott Rowland with the Phillies? No, he was like the very early Phillies team like he's like the earliest I remember. Like the vet, like I was in preschool and I remember like having like I think a Scott Rowland T-shirt or something because that's kind of how I view like the '93 team, I guess. Yeah, like yeah, it's like the same. And I'm ten years younger than you, so it's yeah. like the same thing. He left in '02. I didn't have vengeance for Scott Rowland then. I was probably too young to understand that. Like he wanted his way out, and that's kind of just how it went down. But it's like, yeah, he he wanted to go to baseball heaven. The Cardinals were a better organization at the time. Who could argue that? We don't like when people, when players, athletes don't want to be in Philadelphia, but it's not like he's, and I know we're going to get to this in a minute here. He didn't pull like a Ben Simmons and stage some huge holdout and like try and, you know, make the whole season about him and sabotage anything. Like he's just like, ah, I, I don't really care to keep trying to win in this place. They don't seem exceptionally competitive and not competitive for a long time. And he was right for like three or four more years. And then they got, then they got good. So had he stuck it out, yeah, I think he would have been part of, like, a World Series contender, but he didn't have interest in sticking it out. And you know what? The Cardinals won a World Series before the Phillies did. So, in his mind, I'm sure he has no regrets. Yeah, so, I, you know, I want to know how you how you view Scott Rowland uh, in the last couple segments of the show here. And if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. But we're in, like, a, a group text chat here, and I believe it was our buddy uh, uh, TKS, Tim Kelly Sports, who suggested, what if the Phillies retired Scott Rowland's jersey number how would that go over well your, your boy reese hoskins would have oh, to yeah. give it up how, how could you strip the great reese of number 17 oh well hopefully this is what what you would do. jamie say about you, that you put you put you play out the year you know you cut bait with hoskins you send him pack and maybe i mean if we're lucky maybe even do it during spring training work out a trade or something and then you retire 17 and it's freed up see i don't think retire for rolling so there's this long-standing like unofficial written rule that the Phillies forever... Like, and, and to be clear, they're not retiring Scott Rollins. No, they're jersey. not retiring Scott yeah. Rollins. Nor like, should they. No, nor should they. 
Scott Roll, even though actually he spent more time with the Phillies than anybody else, I would imagine— And his best years here, too. I would imagine he's going in as a St. Louis Cardinal. I, yeah. I would guess. Winning the World Series there. Second most games played there. When you look at, like, the Phillies' old rule of they only retire guys who have, like, made it into the Hall of Fame, theoretically this would make Roland eligible. But that's not even really true anymore. They retired Dick Allen's number. Right. And you would you would think, I, I'm optimistic that one day— they will eventually retire 6, 26, 11, 35. Yeah, that rule's got to change for that reason. Like, you've got well, to retire those has. four numbers. It basically already has. Right. You Like, you haven't given them away, except for Hamels. They gave that Oscar Mercado for a couple days last year, which is the dumbest thing in the world. But, yeah, I mean, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, uh, Jimmy Rollins, and Cole Hamels. you got to retire those numbers, and I think that rule, if it – if it really is a thing, which we've never gotten official clarification on, uh, that needs to Certainly needs not to anymore. Away. There's literally an exception to it. Right, right. So that needs to go away. 215-592-9494. Let's go to uh, Matt in Allentown. What's up, Matt? Hey, what's up, CK? How are you? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Just ready to go into work right now. I'm uh, just listening to your Scott Rowling conversation. Uh, to me, I, th- I think he's a, he's a good player. Not a, not a great player. Uh, I don't think he necessarily belongs in the Hall of Fame. I mean, can you name me one Scott Rowland play like that stands out in your mind? Like, you'd probably, you'd probably be hard-pressed to do that. The only thing I remember him from is running through a wall, you know? That's that's what he's most famous for in my head. Yeah, but so, I, I, I will say this, Matt. I'm sure, like, uh, you know, Cardinal fans might have, might have more vivid memories of him, you know, on those teams that won World Series. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's like, who are we going to let in next? Like, Edward Encarnacion? Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, but I think Roland – I mean, Roland's <laughs> better than Edward Encarnacion. I, I get what you're saying, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and again, like, this is typically not something I dissect too much because, you know, with all the, the steroid stuff, it, it's it's become yeah. a little convoluted. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think he's got a claim. Yeah, he was a hustler. He was a good player. Uh, to me, he's like – he's borderline, but – um. You know, who else are they going to let in this year? Yeah, well, I think the only other guy they, they let in, I, I appreciate the call, Matt. What did you say, Dan? The only guy, other guy they let in was the crime dog? Fred McGriff. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. The, I, like, I remember Fred McGriff used to do those videos with Tom Amansky for the, uh, what was that that, that uh, instructional baseball thing called? You, you might be too Oh, I, I think these videos resurfaced, yeah. but I don't know what they're called. Okay. I forget what it was called. Tom Amansky was the guy who, uh, and they used to run like Saturday morning infomercials during, um, you know, like Saturday morning cartoons. It was him and Fred McGriff. Uh, and they, they have fielding videos and like hitting videos on how to make you. And it basically said, you, know, you buy these videos, you'll become a pro ball player. Didn't work. Didn't work for me, unfortunately. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. When we get back, uh, no Al today, unfortunately, because I, I always love to see Al's smiling face. Congratulations to Al racking up another award uh, at the uh, Philly Sports Writers Banquet the other night uh, in the Hockey Hall of Fame award. So this is Al's on a run. He won that award. He was inducted into the actual Hockey Hall of Fame. And who could forget the most illustrious award of all? He won a Tommy just last month um so uh we we will wonder what she's most excited about yeah i could tell you which one he's least excited about um but uh we will uh talk about something that 
I think would have uh, riled Al up. I like to, you know, save segments that would get Al riled up for this segment, even though he's not here in his honor. So we'll do that. And we also got to talk about the reunion down at the Wells Fargo Center tonight uh, that really is flying under the radar right now. That's coming up next. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you for one more segment here. Time to squeeze in a few more calls if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Just talking to Dan Wilson during the break, and I told him uh, it's saw an interesting stat the other day, courtesy of uh, our friend Graham Foley, um, who, who said that the Niners are the only team that – the only NFC team that hasn't come to Philadelphia – to play a playoff game and what what you're saying, Danny, he ripped off your stat. Yeah, I was in the car with him the other night. You're and his was... roommate and he ripped off your stat apparently. Correct. I mean it was really my dad I'll my dad's been all over this. Like he just thought it was like cool like before the playoffs. He's like, Yeah, only one NFC team's never played a playoff game in Philadelphia. It's the San Francisco 49ers. Could only happen in an NFC championship scenario. I shared it with him. I didn't even notice until you just mentioned it. He tweeted it. That's that's just a But it a, is a cool stat. It's a weird stat and it's one that's that's uh, kind of crazy, and then we were just you know talking during the break about you know different different games and and the the Lions when they came here to Philadelphia, even they came here in '94, that big blowout, and I I said that was like one of the first memories I had as a sports fan, and then and you always do this, you make me feel old. Your first memory of an Eagles playoff game was was the Carolina NFC Championship game, so you don't even remember the Tampa Bay NFC Championship. Like no, I was in preschool. Oh my god! I mean, that's. I mean, like just... I remember hearing about it, but I don't like vividly remember watching the game. I right. vividly remember sitting down to watch them lose fourteen to three to the Carolina Panthers when I was in kindergarten and being like devastated. And then I really remember watching them beat the Falcons and then lose in the Super Bowl. Like that was like earliest sports memories for me. Right, but uh, yeah, and the Eagles have also never never scored against San Francisco in the playoffs. They did play them. I remember this game, uh, the 95 or 96 play, I guess the 95 playoffs uh, when the Eagles played San Fran in San Fran. Ty Detmer was the quarterback, and they got shut out. So hopefully – Assuming the Eagles score a point on Sunday. They'll make history. That'll be the first time they've scored a playoff point against the 49ers. Both those streaks will hopefully be broken. Come to an end. uh, This weekend. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. But I did want to mention this because we haven't really talked about it at all. And, like, I, I it, it's crazy how much things have changed in a year. Because if this happened a year ago, this would be a, a massive deal. You think back to March 10th last year, and it was a massive deal, even though he wasn't even playing. But Ben Simmons, come back to Philadelphia tonight, um, came back last year, obviously, uh, in the game he didn't play when he was wearing that ridiculous sweater on the sidelines. Came back earlier this year and played, but Joel Embiid didn't play. Now, Joel Embiid is expected to play tonight, so they're going to play against each other for the first time. And I, you know, I get with the Eagles run, this is obviously going to take a back seat. But I'm wondering if people really care about this. Like, if this is going to be exciting, does this interest you? Because it, it, it does interest me. Like, I'm pretty excited for this game tonight. Also, when you look at the fact that, again, f- talking about flying under the radar, Sixers flying under the radar, playing extremely well right now. Like, they just go on a five-game road trip out west. Uh, they go 5-0 and on the trip. 
I mean, they've won something like 22 or 26 or, or something like that. It's, it's, or maybe actually, I think it's like 19 of 23, maybe. Um, but they're playing extremely well right now. And this Brooklyn game tonight, Brooklyn's still without Kevin Durant. But I don't know, Dan, are you interested in seeing Ben and Joel on the floor against each other for the first time? I, I think it could be fun, and I hope Joel really leans into this one. I am. I'm, I'm wondering how Joel plays this. Like, it feels like something maybe he, you know, kind of keeps quiet before the game and then after the game t- talks a little smack if he I, wins. I feel like this year he's been more subdued, like, by— Like, a little bit more focused. Yeah, by—and I think it's been by design a little bit. But I, I could, I, I would like to see the old Joel tonight coming out. I'd like out to see and... him wake up too. It is annoying that you're right. Like this game would have been like the most hyped thing in town if Simmons was playing and Embiid were, was playing a year ago. Instead, we got like a quasi return where he sits on the bench, which I don't even remember the last time there's been so much anticipation for a player to sit on the bench before. And then this past, you know, fall where it happens, but Embiid's not playing. It's like we keep getting like. Yeah, but to this return. So this is the first time, but it's it is it has lost a little juice because of it. Well, a year ago at this time, you know, things were really coming to a head. Like the 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 you know the trade deadline was coming up. The Ben situation was just getting to a point where it started to feel like he was going to be traded. Like the hard, I don't know if the Harden rumors had started yet because the Harden thing actually came together pretty quickly. Like we only heard about that a couple days before, and then you had the whole windy deal zone controversy where Windy says they're in the deal zone um, and Woj is saying there's nothing to it. So this was all kind of coming to a head at this point last year. But, yeah, last year this would have been a huge deal, and this year it's like nobody even cares about it. Like this, this is It's just another game on the schedule because it's like we've seen it. It's, Simmons is a little bit more out of sight, out of mind. And the Sixers the in general. Playing well. Yeah, the Sixers in general are just flying under the radar, but – I'm interested to see how they play tonight. Um, it's too early to even put together a parlay yet. The lines aren't out and everything. I was looking during the break, but oh no! I will say Sixers minus five and a half. I'm liking Sixers minus five. And really half. quick, and I'm not usually a fan of Doc Rivers. He like is just overly arrogant. I know they've fallen short in the playoffs. I haven't liked how he's necessarily coached in playoff series. And this guy hasn't done anything in the playoffs yet. And I'm like. I'm not projecting that this team will even necessarily go any further than they have in the past um, in the, say, second round or whatever the case might be uh, come playoff time. But this regular season, like, I'll hand it to him. Doc Rivers has coached well this regular season, missing all the time with Maxie, a lot of hardened time spent on the sideline, and Bede missing games. For as well as they've played, all things considered, like, at a certain point, again— Regular season, in a nutshell, you have to give the coach some credit. Fair I, will, enough. I will admit it. Fair enough, but just like this whole Sixers season, like nothing matters until no, it doesn't Doc matter. Gets in the playoffs. No, I know it doesn't matter. Yeah. The regular season does not matter. But if we're addressing this regular season, like we all pile on Doc when things don't go well, and I'm not giving, I'm not saying this will translate to the playoffs and that anyone should care. But if we're analyzing how they've been in the regular season, we can admit that Doc Rivers has also been good in the regular season. Yeah, he's been pretty yeah. And he's been good so far this year. And by the way, did you see this other story with Ben, by the way? Where he, you know, he broke up with Maya Jama, his former uh, fiance. He wants he, he wants the eight hundred thousand engagement the eight hundred thousand dollar engagement ring back. That's I mean where a, do we stand on that? Is that's that like a stand to move? Yeah, I mean I, I'm sorry like don't buy the don't buy the engagement ring 
for that much money if you feel like the relationship's not going to last. Like I'm well, maybe who, Ben should file a grievance if if he really wants to get the. Well, I'm guessing she broke it off. Yeah, I mean, so I don't I'm know who broke it off. He didn't feel like. But if you was, don't have the confidence in the relationship, well, he you know, maybe he did and he misread it. Well, you don't. I mean, either way, I have no sympathy for Ben buying an eight hundred thousand dollar engagement. I think he can afford it. Yeah, I, I do as well. And real quick before we get out of here, in honor of Al Morgani, who I've had many um, debates with about Bryce Harper and his pandering. You know, we're here before the game Saturday night, and Dan, how insane was I going? Is that I mean, this Bryce Harper hype video before the Eagles game? What set me off? The, the fanatic pocket square. Bryce is wearing a fanatic pocket square. Bryce isn't even a isn't even an Eagles fan. Now I know you know he he, he buys into the Philly He's thing. He's Mr. Philadelphia. He's now. doing the Philadelphia thing. But let's face it: if the Eagles are playing the Cowboys this week, Bryce would be rooting for the Cowboys. He's a Cowboys fan. Not publicly. He's cut all ties. Yeah, uh, but no, I. Th- th- I mean that, that video was ri- that was ridiculous. It was absolutely. Yeah, well, ridiculous. It, it was this nice corny thing about like how Philadelphia gets behind its teams when they go on playoff runs, and it was highlights of him hitting his home run in the NLCS and, you know, Eagles highlights, and it was this whole great thing that was staged for TV, and it was the ultimate way to just get you annoyed even before an Eagles-Giants win. E- Eagles-Giants game, which the Eagles won 38-7, to you enjoyed it a little bit less because you saw Bryce Harper on your TV beforehand. And once again, the real Mr. Philadelphia, Joe Davis, on the call. I, I like Joe Davis. Joe Davis does a good job. I actually want to quickly debate this with you here for like one minute like so Kevin Burkhart's doing the game this week Mm -hmm. and he's also doing the Super Bowl big debate amongst my friends the other day like where do what do we think about him being the number one and Joe Davis being the number two I like Davis I would go Davis Davis as the number one and that's not even a knock on Burkhart like I like him but like I mean Davis has really endeared himself to Philadelphia fans here recently based upon the Phillies run and uh, you know the Eagles winning 38 to 7 with him on the call but like his peak moments, I think, are better than Burkhart. Yeah, and Burkhart's not bad. I, I just in general, though, Burkhart's more of a studio I, guy for me. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not used to the whole Fox thing without Buck and Aikman. I'm just like I, I got I got used to Davis on baseball much quicker, but the, like the NFC Championship game with and, and Burkhart and Greg Olson do a good job. It's like, not going to be the same. It's just not the it same. It should be Buck and Aikman. It should be. It's just it, not. It feels like Buck and Aikman should be popping on the TV. Yeah. And like, just, it should be. It, it's just, you know, it, it's just weird. It's going to take time to get used to. And that even more reason to turn down the sound and listen to Merrill and Mike on, uh, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, so that'll do it for me today. I'll be back on Thursday night from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. I'll talk to you then. Stay tuned. We've got Jan Janssen coming up next with the Something Show. Thank you to Dan Wilson for producing. I'll talk to you Thursday night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 